Welcome to the Can I Kick It 12 Guests of Mankmas Manktacular. My name is Jesse Weber, and I'm joined by Manky Mankmuga. Number one mank stand, Cullen Hensley. <laughs> Manky Mankmuga is nothing. Emilio Diaz. All right. <laughs> My goodness. It's not changing, Colin. We got to plow forwards. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, yeah, this is the intro. This is the introduction to the 12 guests of Mankmas. We're going to be joined throughout the episode by 12 different guests uh, in various segments to uh, talk about the film Mank. Yes, the new David Fincher film came out on Netflix this past week. Uh, it was among our most anticipated of the year. Colin, I believe, was specifically the one who who mentioned it way back at our yeah. in our in mm-hmm. our annual preview episode. Uh, he was he was excited about the Tom Burke of it all in particular. Yeah, I mean, um, I was I also was excited for Devil All the Time, um, <laughs> which we all know that that is. Uh, I think like critics lists are coming out now, and I think it's like number one on a bunch of them. So yeah, I, I mean, the, right about the, that. Episode, the episode where we talked about it, I think, is our most popular. Yeah, for episode. sure. Our most popular right. and our best. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Mank, but yeah <laughs> Mank, of course, played zero film festivals because uh, Netflix, Netflix decided that, that uh, they were going to take their ball and go home. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'll also uh, probably be touching on uh, Citizen Kane, a well-known good movie that uh, comes up in Mank a couple times. Well, we'll yeah. see. Um, we might have a Mank game. <laughs> yeah, Mank game in a little bit. I mean, yeah, uh, we're starting to get Manky, Mcmuga, and Santa Claus introducing the show, so I feel like the precedent <laughs> has been set that it's going to be like a bit silly. Um, really? Uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, we've got... Plenty of old friends and some new friends. Uh, it's going to be a great... This is going to be our last episode this year with guests, so... So why not go out with so the biggest yeah. bang possible? <laughs> yeah, we're going all out. How, yeah. how, how, how quick the turnaround was it to book these guests? We'll never tell. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you get iced out by a big dog and you gotta <laughs> scramble and call in all, all the right. favors that you might, got. Might be, right. might be the first podcast in history to where the amount of people asked to be on exceeds its listener count. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. we were like, we didn't get odd guests. I guess we have to do 12 now. <laughs> Yeah. When you say we, that's putting a lot, in, yeah. pu- putting a lot on me. Uh, <laughs> and with that, uh, we will. Re- you, you guys can uh, rejoin us in just a moment uh, for our first segment on Mink. Bye bye. All right, we are back, and we are joined by Jack Reed. Yo. Woo! Hell and yeah. 
and William Taylor. Whoa. First time, oh, I, first time guest. Yes, yep. first time, long time. Thank you. Yeah. Jack, of course, has returned from the grab bag. Freed from the shackles uh, of the grab bag format. And I finally, finally, I was picked out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what's everyone think of me? <laughs> um, Mate, it's a good the, movie. It's fun. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I, I think that it is a really well, I mean, it's Fincher, so it is, it is nothing but well made. Um, would you say it's Wells made? <laughs> uh, see, that's the other thing. Not so, Wells okay, made. all right. I, I'm going to get this out of the way now. I am um, such a like. I, I am such a big Wells guy. Like like uh, Hopper Wells was like appointment viewing for me during festival season. Um, that it's really hard for me to watch anything that he's like even adjacent to as a historical figure. And not just like kind of wish someone was trying to finally make like the Wells movie. I get why no one has yet. Um, and like really the only one who's tried is um, uh, uh, when when HBO did that Lee of Schreiber TV movie. That's really great. RKO 281. Um, mm-hmm. But it's hard for me to like watch and not just think like this is the du- like even if it's not good. This is the dude I'd rather be watching a film about. Um Yes. So, but like once I, I got that past thought. that and realized he was only going to be in like four minutes of it, um, I mean, it's fine, you know? <laughs> I like Burke a lot. <laughs> Burke is, I mean, I like, I love Burke as an actor. I don't know that I got enough of an impression of his impression, you know? Right. See, I mean, yes. they, they should have just used the Maurice LaMarche audio. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> then that would be a total Fincher move, too, I think. Like, I think that's the kind right. of thing I could see him doing. So. I mean, I mean so, the movie's already. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I'm not saying okay, anything fine. important. So, the, mo- the I mean, the use of Wells in the movie, right, mm-hmm. is like he's on the phone a couple of times and towards the beginning having like fun, like busting each other's balls yeah. conversations yeah. So with Mank as well yeah. over the phone. Um, yeah. He, he yeah. shows up in the cape too. Don't forget the cape. Yeah, ready yeah. to hunt the great the, the, white whale. And then, um, and then, and then at the end, he comes back yeah. and there's like a serious scene with him where they like they they like they they have like the jokey bantery stuff and then it turns into them actually like he actually gets angry when Mank says he wants credit. Right. Which right? is really like, well performed. Like that's, yeah. that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think like, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> like, I think, you know, it's very clear. Like that was the one idea was like, he'll be like a fun jokey guy until suddenly he's not when like we zero in on the one thing he cares about, which is <clears> like <throat> having that like sole artistic authorship sort of credit view. It, like, right. Like the thing that's important to Wells in this, the, the thing that's important about Wells in this movie, yeah. right. Is that he wants credit and he wants to be viewed as like a wonderkin, which is funny because that was very much not his um, his mo like later in life. Like he really fought for um, insurance for his performers and stuff like that. Like it's, it's see that's one of the reasons why I'm so interested in how this um, this dude became such a diehard like union lover over his life. Um, but that's I mean again that's not the story that's being told, but it feels like one Fincher would maybe want mm-hmm. to tell. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. you have to think about just how personal this is because it's like, of course, his dad's screenplay. His it's dad's like, completely I, I, uncut screenplay. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uncut so screenplay. Like, I have not like done any research. There was like no rewrites on it. It's just I as it was. Well, his dad had done a draft, and then he gave notes to his dad, I think, and had him do right. a different draft. But that's draft. like, I mean, we're talking. I mean, dad dies in two thousand and right. 
some three yeah and and like they were gonna film this thing in in 97 which has probably been mentioned by now but um uh on the 12 guests of mank mank miss no you're the first okay so yeah so i'm I'm gonna come out with a i'm gonna come out with a scorcher um it's not that in (laughs) it's not that in 2020 i like have a desire to see this this version of the movie kind of think it's better with spacey um, in 97. See, I kind of think it that is. is something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, which awful person would you rather play? Well, neither. The, the fucking correct answer is Michael Stolberg. It's Netflix. You have no box. It's Netflix and we're in a pandemic. You have no you have no fucking box office to make. All right. If we're going to do this, I have an answer. Okay, go. Zach Galifianakis. Fuck oh, yes. No, absolutely. Oh, that is that is correct. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's yeah, that's good. That's really good. I, I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to correct the note about the rewrites because Fincher has said, I I don't know if he calls this rewrites, but he said that Eric Roth, he consulted Eric Roth, who wrote Benjamin Button. Well, and this is a very Rothy screenplay, too, um, I think, like a a really like (laughs) grandiose, like, like deep dive into someone's bizarre life. Um, It's the kind of thing he's really good at. Yeah. I think it shares like a lot with Benjamin Button mm-hmm. as sort of being about like a semi extraordinary person who's ultimately not that special yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, Benjamin Button, of course, being the best David Fincher. <laughs> I, you know, Colin, I have, I know you go hard for it. I've decided I'm going to rewatch it this uh, this Christmas uh, or somewhere around um, the the end of the end of the month, and I will I will see how I feel. Um, I mean, so. yeah. Also important to note, Benjamin Button, the other movie that he, Fincher has said is openly inspired by his dad's death. Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah. So that's all. That's all like Blanchett. Um, but this is not the Twelve Guests of Benjamin Button. That's, that's, that's next Christmas. <laughs> no, the, yes, yeah, I'll come back for that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next year. I mean, to go back to that last Wells scene, yeah. I kind of. It didn't land for me. I was yeah. just like, oh, is this just Fincher's mad about auteurism? Because, mm. like, I understand there's issues with auteurism, yeah. but I don't care that Fincher doesn't like it. I, I think the well scene is fine. What I love is that it leads into the last scene with Lily Collins. Yeah. Like, not to spoil things, I think that scene is extraordinary. because mm-hmm. it's no, you main- can spoil things. Okay, because it's ostensibly a happy ending because, you know, Lily Collins gets her boyfriend back. And right, but yeah. Mank is so secondary in it. He can just, like, have a... He has a fun quip to say, and uh-huh. that's it. Yeah. It's so... I don't want to say cynical. It's so brutal as like that this like at this point in the movie, all he can do is like aspire to be the comic relief in his own movie. Yeah. 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 I mean, I agree that that's a good scene. The problem is that until you mentioned it, I forgot that it existed. Yeah. Oh, and I watched th- this, and I watched this movie last night. Yeah, I was going to my- ask what you thought of it because you hadn't seen it yet, and I like. I feel like I can generally get a read, Jesse, on like what what you're going to like and and not like, maybe. And my my thoughts, my prediction was, I'm not sure Jesse's going to have hard takes like right away, but I, I'm curious to know what what you what you thought overall. You nailed it right on the head. Uh, It's like parts of it are kind of fun. Parts of it are kind of boring. It's 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 really well made. Like, I actually think the digital over the black and I I think I think the aesthetic works for me. 
But I mean, if yeah. we want to get yes, if we want to get into that, yeah. I think that the people who like are complaining about that are like missing the point completely. Because yeah. yeah. the, the the reason it looks like that is because it's like ostensibly an old Hollywood movie, but it's really a David Fincher taking a hard look at old Hollywood. Right. So right. right, yes, I think that that works because it is. Yeah. It's weird and threw me off, mm-hmm. but eventually I'm like, yes, this is a movie that looks good and it makes sense. And watching it, it in like a theater this. could very well have changed a lot of people's tunes on it. Like, I mean, yeah, he made um, it for Netflix, but sure. also it got a theatrical release. I really would have. I mean, and, and Fincher, I don't think is going back to theaters full time anytime soon. But that's so crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's, he's got that I Netflix know. deal now. So, um. So everyone's yeah. only seen it once, I'm guessing. Um, I I cycled through some scenes this morning um, that I wanted to okay. watch, like the the big um, party scene with Hearst, which I think is like. Uh, uh, do you remember this? Um, um, the the, 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 the yeah, 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 you hear about this one? The what's up? No, I was just making a Jay Leno joke. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh. so, are we talking about the circus party or the party where they talk about Hitler? The, the Hitler party. Um, yeah, yeah, that okay. one's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it twice yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, full disclosure. Yeah, um, a, a really, I think a really excellently staged scene, kind of the moment for me that Oldman feels um, connected. Um, Oldman, I think, is so good. <laughs> I Yeah, old, um, I get why Oldman is controversial. I really like It's I, one it's, of those things. I, yeah. I don't... Yeah, I when I'm watching him, I'm just like, yeah, this works. It's I just one of those. Thing. I think so. The, yeah, uh, I think with Oldman, like, I get why everyone want likes having him around, which I think is partially like a function of just the script yeah. and like all the fun fizzy dialogue and stuff and like sure. all his like quippiness like lands. I think. Yeah, um, I mean. Yeah, I, I and I do sort of like the movie then is like also like everyone basically holds him at a remove. Right. And like, yeah, views him as like a like a like a like a dancing monkey or whatever. Right. Like uh-huh. he's like he's like all those, yeah. all the yeah. stuff that Hearst has around his his uh, his compound, like all the animals and stuff. Right. He's just like an amusing thing for them to look at. Right. And I think you get that from the performance. I mm-hmm. well, yeah, I, I, if we want to keep going to the endings, I think his best scene is at the last scene with the Oscar because oh, he's just yeah. he's so defe- fully defeated, even when it's, he's it's just sad. like it's really sad. He, my yeah. favorite stuff of him is when he's like, like near the beginning when um I think it's like chronologically after the party where he's drunk, like after the circus party and uh, Tuppence Middleton's <clears> like. <throat> putting him to bed and he's like why do you put up with me and he does it like four more times and it's just like when he's like his most revealing i think is very mm-hmm. good but also i mean the scene of him like getting dressed down by arliss howard at the end where he's like he likes hearing you talk he likes hearing you talk right he does not like hearing or he doesn't like your writing i mean arliss howard is so good yeah um, I, yeah, yeah yeah no complaints here about arliss howard but yeah, yeah the that, supporting cast is pretty i mean uniformly. yeah like tom good tom pelfrey is um um, oh my God. Joe Joe Mankiewicz, a director that I've really uh, grown to have a lot of fondness for this year, um, is really great. I mean, he's not in it much, but I also just like Tom Pelfrey um, a lot. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah. He, he's really good in that role, and it actually made me when I was thinking of like alternate uh, Herman Manks, I was uh, I was thinking a lot about like who I'd want to see next to to him. Um, um, but yeah, great. I mean, for, great supporting cast up and Bill Nye, like beyond just being like a little bit of stunt casting, is really good. He is yes. Upton Sinclair. Yes. Like he's awesome. Um, I, I yes. wanted more of him. I did too. I, I, I was a little disappointed. It was just a wide shot of him. Well, my pal Emilio full... Diaz, um, in his um, in his letterbox review, 
uh, said that it kind of felt like the the TV miniseries version of itself, but not in a terrible way. And that's kind of how I how I felt. I would have really liked to have. Um, I mean, I I really wouldn't have minded this being an hour longer in a lot of ways. I think that um, it's like that's like the mm, take I hesitate saying because it's such a bad take usually. But it's just like th- it right. just felt like TV to me. And I'm yeah. sure there's part of it where it's, it's like it's the Netflix, episodic. Mm-hmm. where yeah. it's the Netflix thing. And it's, he's also made episodic movies in the like if you think about Fight Club, then we sort of episodic yeah. Zodiac is certainly Gone episodic in, yeah. in certain aspects. So that's yeah. like not like a new thing for him. I'm not certainly accusing him of just like going to TV and right. getting stuck in that mode. Because that's certainly how he how he makes movies. Right. But there was just like an oomph that I usually get from like movies and like grandeur that I just like never really got despite like right. enjoying the vibe and sitting with it well, and enjoying it. In the way you and just that, oh go ahead sorry. And that was sort of my thought where it was like I think a lot of people were go are were going like character actory with the mm-hmm. Gary old with like the man and and I almost like in my mind was like what if it was like a bigger star what if it was like somebody who maybe fit the bill less in terms of like what his look or like his function or whatever but See, like like a gosling or somebody or someone weird yeah yeah like not necessarily got i guess gosling, gosling yeah, and like prosthetics so, is, is my ideal for any role yeah. so yeah yeah gosling um, or hardy yeah like people like that yeah. who i would be like undoubtedly I, every yeah, second of, every yeah. second oh, he's yeah, on hardy screen be. i would be like yeah, hardy would be so sad the movie um, I'm watching. i mean it's capone hardy is my point capone <laughs> oh, and he's great but in capone no. I mean, <laughs> but but emilio the kind of thing is um is funny that you say that the the, the sort of episodic way of working is funny because he talks um has talked before about how um he really he's really kind of a closed reader of a of a director and he really pays attention to like okay this scene that we're shooting today the stuff that we're shooting this is a singular thing like these these a movie is just like a series of moments and we're we're going to put our efforts into making this moment play as well as it can on its own which i think is a really fascinating and he's been he's been talking about that since like alien 3 like he 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 cares about the connective tissue but he also really cares about like about like what does it look like if you cut this moment out of the movie does it still play does it still tell a story and mank i think does um because every scene does feel like it is telling a, a complete little story um and it's one of the reasons why i think his tv work is is that uh, you know there's not yeah, much of it but it's tremendous yeah and i think what mm-hmm. you were mentioning earlier about that hitler party scene is that mm-hmm. But undoubtedly, with best talent to me, there's like a very good old um, every frame of painting about it mm-hmm. where he's like maybe the best shooter of just like people sitting down in chairs talking. He yeah. understands mm-hmm. coverage oh, yeah. and like the way that the cut between people and when are the, like the dramatic mm-hmm. tension points to cut between the different people and like when does this say something and when do you just need the performance? And mm-hmm. I think he's astounding at that, which is like a very TV way like yeah. talent of his. So it's like, again, it's no surprise that he like eventually sort of made that leap and is like sort of existing in both realms now. Yeah. But yeah, there. I, it, beyond that, I also like had that take because it's like there's stuff like the Orson Welles thing where I sort of like by the I was just like sort of fine with it because it exists sort of in, within these two worlds where it's mm-hmm. just like it's barely there, but it's also like there enough to pay attention to. And I and I wish it was like either more vague or like they gave it like its own like subplot or like yeah. episode or whatever in a yeah. mini series. But Definitely. the way that it exists actively in the movie is like not doing it for me. Same with like a lot of the different plots within the movie where I thought like this is like 80% there, mm-hmm. but I'm yeah. sort of missing the 20%. Yeah. I um 
I would say it plays so much better on a rewatch. It's like uh, when I was watching it today, I was like, I'd started it and I was like, maybe I'll like, you know, just click around. And it like, I, it was like over before I knew it and it just zooms by. And then like, there's so much stuff that I like didn't pick up on because it is such a wavelength movie that you have to like get on board as it starts. Um, you talking about the coverage in that uh, Hitler party scene, which I guess we'll call it. Um, the scene where it's like the script meeting uh, with... Um, with uh, Joe you know, Sternberg. Joseph, yeah, von Sternberg. Yes. And um, there's a thing I didn't notice the first time because they all grab cigars and they all point to the next person to talk with their cigar like as they're going around. I was like, this is just so good <laughs> and like so finchery because yeah. it's just like point, 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 like next person talk, yeah. cut to them. It's so, so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, the, the cigar... The, the the those scenes with the uh the writers rooms are all great oh yeah yeah um man it's it's i i i, I really wish that I, I i guess i do have strong feelings now because of because of how how fervently i've talked about a few a few things here but i it's 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 not even a movie I can say I like dislike, you know, I just it's it's I, I wish that I felt connected to it in the way that he clearly does, um, because yeah. it, it would be, I think, um, alongside Benjamin Button, it's it's clear this is a, the most personal thing he's made um, and mm-hmm. like for, for for the obvious reasons. But also this is a this is a reflection on um you know, 30, almost 30 years working in Hollywood. And um, I, I, I wish that I felt, I wish that I felt the passion that he did for these things, even though there are things that he talks about that I kind of agree with. Like I, despite like having a show about like directors, I I, I don't know that I necessarily, be- I, I believe that Otir, Otir theory exists, but I don't know that like, I find it useful when thinking about, an artist collaborative as film. Um, but mm-hmm. so I, I, but, it, but I also disagree with the way he says that. Um, but I also feel like it's not a super impassioned argument that he's making. And I think that's what I come down to. This is a very, it's not a sleepy movie by any sense. It's very energetic. The score is like maybe my favorite since the social network score from, from, yeah. uh, from, um, um, from nine inch nails boys. Razor and Ross. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I always, I always, I always want to say razor and Ross, even though I know that's it. I, I know the fuck who they are. Uh, one of my favorite bands. Um, but I, I, I just kind of, I, I can't keep up with, with what it wants to be. I don't think. And that's, that's, that's maybe a failing on my part, but I've also seen a lot of reactions that suggest I'm not the only one. So, yeah, it's a very easy movie, I think, to tune out of. Yeah. If like I, I get like the mix, like it's okay, I guess, Mm -hmm. responses more than I get the virulently negative Mm -hmm. responses. Yeah. Uh, Those feel like a bit like, you know, you hurt Daddy Wells, you know, get away. (laughs) I I, I just don't give a shit about that. That stuff is silly. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. He's doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's watching but. Citizen Kane this week. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's getting those. Yeah, a lot of people like, yeah, they're ever. delivering the residuals right into his grave. Yeah. They're just like yeah. sticking it in like an ATM. Yeah. 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 That is, I was maybe a little, I got a little annoyed by some of the mm-hmm. things Fincher you're saying, but then I was watching the movie and I was like, oh no, he's just trolling. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's yeah. like, I, I don't mean the movie is trolling. I mean, his statements oh, in the press yeah, yeah, tour yeah. were trolling. Yeah. 
Right, which is a thing he does that people don't realize he does. Like, yeah, I, feel, he's I, a I don't know weird if we've talked dude. about this on podcast before. That thing that goes around periodically about like Ben Affleck shutting down production on Gone yeah. Girl. So I mean, it's, it's like just so obviously people, a yeah. joke he's making, uh-huh. but people take I mean, it right. seriously. We need, to talk, we need to talk about the bit where he says that he did Jared Leto's cornrows. I mean, Panic Room, maybe. No, no, no. Panic Room is amazing, yeah. but that is a great bit. Yeah, that's. A- I mean, and there's also, I mean, there's of course the like classic uh, Gone Girl commentary where where he just talks shit about Affleck the entire time. And, uh, and like how he's like, oh, he's so good at which, like pretending to look at his phone. Which is one of his great like, which is one of Fincher's that that commentary and the movie, which I, I go hard for, are 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 is is one of the great like Fincher contributions to how we we like differentiate between our art and artists because that whole commentary both feels very genuine and very trollish um but it's also in addition to being that and being this kind of like fine line uh that you can't really read between is also really insightful about how the movie was made and adapted and all of that and and he is um if anyone was equipped to make a movie about how movies are made it's david fincher um completely um he 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 cares so much about the process but also about the mystique around it which is clearly i think the tone he is going for here yeah yeah it's but it's one of those things where i think anything about movies in it feels incomplete to me in a way that i find sort of frustrating where it's like i can't really even put my finger down on what he thinks about author theory based Mm -hmm. on the movie i just think he's he thinks that arson world was sort of a douchebag about it but i don't think he's like I don't really understand any grant mm-hmm. take about it. It's like it's almost politically where I sort of vibe with what the movie is doing more. Where, where oh, it's like completely that mm-hmm. we, that Wells Wells and Manx relationship of like, well, Wells is a person who has nothing to lose, so he's mm-hmm. willing to like fight the system and be angry and just sort. And then Mank as somebody who is personally invested in the thing mm-hmm. doesn't want to see it taken away from him. Right. That's sort of the angle at which I vibe with it more, yeah. and it's like. It's sort of an interesting movie politically because it's like it's like a hundred million dollar Netflix David Fincher movie mm-hmm. that is sort of advocating for socialism in yeah. a way that I you like rarely see in ma- in major movies. So it's yeah. So it's just interesting. It's like oh, it's certainly a movie I wish I liked more because yeah. there's a lot there that I think it's like very admirable about yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that it has a lot more to say politically than it does like about our tour theory yeah. or even like making movies. Because I think it's a movie about complicity mm-hmm. and specifically yeah. about how like Manx sees everything wrong with the system around mm-hmm. him. But he turns the hatred of the system in on himself instead of actually yeah. directing it towards meaningful change. Right. Yeah. So his self-destruction becomes like a symptom of sort of the evil of capitalism around right. him yeah. so it's he like, just has a quip about everything right yeah. and then yeah yeah and i yeah. mean yeah and the stuff i think yeah about like specifically the artist's relationship to politics right mm-hmm. and like that thread of like the propaganda film that is made um and and all that stuff i think yeah that See, i think is when the movie is like yeah most interesting and thoughtful and mm-hmm. yeah uh, yes. is thinking most about like well what happened here and why in like why did things go so wrong for everyone yeah yeah and it's just like it's perspective of like sort of politics as like this pitch pissing match between like handsome rich people and the people who are actually effective are people like him who just like sort of get laughed at and are or are brought in just to be like a sort of clown and jester yeah 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 yeah. i mean the thing of like it's maybe a very like 
face value read of like I don't know if Fincher is very like anti Wells at all. I mean, he could be in like has he could have like said as much, and I just don't know it. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's just and they say it in the movie as much when um, Mankiewicz is defending Sinclair at that party, and they're just like always take the side of the writer. I think like it's so meta. And I'm like, I just read it as like Finker is just so in love with Mankiewicz because it's like tied to his father specifically, yeah. like, uh, and that I think he's like not even thinking about Wells. No, it's just like you know, set dressing. Yeah. He's, he's an afterthought <laughs> yeah. for him, which is yeah. fascinating because um, again, Fincher is, um, and 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 again, this is this sort of a roundabout way of getting back to um, an earlier point about auteur theory. But like, he's um, he's a guy who really cares about the the artist as the individual. Um, but he, 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 again, this movie is so in love with, with writers and writing. Um, one, yeah. I mean, one of the touches I really do love is, is the, uh, you know, the actual notes from the script, um, the um, title the, cards, yeah, the title, I mean, I think, I think it's a beautiful, it's so all the establishing shots. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful choice. And, um, and, and but he is so in love with, with this one thing. And I mean, he's Fincher is a guy who I think is very, um, very fundamental when it comes to art. I mean, there, there's, there's obviously a lot to his films, but I think he's a guy who like, if he worked in theater, I have a feeling like Fincher would be the kind of guy we'd see a lot of like we, we, we'd probably see a lot of like um, very spare spare stages from him. Like he, he seems mm-hmm. like a very like all you need is an actor um, kind right. of guy, like all you need is an actor and some words. Um, mm-hmm. And even then you could probably cut one or one of those. Or you could probably cut the words up at, some, at a certain point and, and he could find a way to tell that story. I feel like that he's what he does is very primal. Um, despite how meticulous everything is with him. Um, and this is an easy comparison, but he's a lot like Kubrick in that way. That was kind of Kubrick's thing, although Kubrick kind of went crazy with adding more and more elements as he got older. But, you know. Yeah. You know. And I was going to say, like, it's interesting that it's like a movie about old Hollywood mm-hmm. that there aren't really actors in. No. Like, yeah. It's like Marion Davies. And then I think it's interesting that the other only other like people in that world he engages with are like day players who are like struggling yeah. to like make it through. And it's just like, uh-huh. I think like it more than a comment on uh, like if I were to have a read on like the auteur theory section mm-hmm. of it it's like more than a comment about auteur theory it's like sort of a comment on stardom and like fame and like what that mm-hmm. does to like distort both the work but also like people's perceptions of work mm-hmm. and it's I think it's just like I mean, it's a it's if you think about it, it's a very simple movie. It's just like it's sort yeah. of advocating for the little guy. It is sort of like arguing that like all of this big like Hollywood flash mm-hmm. is just sort of destructive of the whole like process and yeah. the human emotion behind things, and it, it like it, it raises that sort of yeah. thing. Um, so that's that's certainly what I connected with. Like yeah. his scenes with like the day players, with like giving them money and then seeing those were my mm-hmm. favorite scenes. Yeah, those, those are great. Who does that guy who he gives money look like? Because I was he like, I like know somebody. who that is. Yeah. And then yeah. I looked him up and he's not been in anything I've seen. Yeah. He looks like someone. He definitely does. I saw I think that I thought that as well. I did not. Um, like that, though. Who is it? I have this guy who he looks like in my head and I can't think of his name. Jesse, why you search for that? I know that I know that this is a. a no, I'm not going to be s- able to search for it. <laughs> I know that this segment. is a, a segmented episode, but I, I would be remiss if I did not say 
um, a couple of one one quick thing about Amanda Seyfried, who I think is tremendous. Yeah, I was going to say we should. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. want to make sure yes, we, we talk absolutely. about her real, um, before before this segment wraps up. But I, she is fucking great. I mean, she's probably going to win that Oscar, and I think a lot of that God, is. God, I hope so. I hope so too, and I think a lot of it is because we're we're a little bit we are not bereft of incredible performances by women this year. It's just that the Academy, of course, continues not to like recognize what's in front of their faces. Like the the fact that um Sydney yes. Flanagan probably is not going to get nominated as uh, yeah, as, right. as, as a travesty or Julia Garner, etc. Um, Norma Cooley, yeah, um, yeah, Gina Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean, God, just, Ward, yeah. anyway, but mm-hmm. she is fucking fantastic, and and it is kind of a like wins she bad thing because I don't think Amanda Seyfried is ever bad, but I'm thinking about like the last thing I think people agree that she was great in, which was um, uh, First Reformed, which she is great in, yes. but that is a movie where all like the whole just connected so deeply with people, and her role is so not small, but but you know compared to Hawk and what Schrader is doing is not as prominent as is not as prominent to people, but it this is the movie where I, where she really gets to pop because I think the rest is not a full consensus of like greatness or not great for people. She's the thing that stands out and it does make me wish truly. So when I watched this and when it was over, it made me yearn for like, maybe like maybe more stories from this world from Fincher actually. And I would, um I would not hate to see her in um, a, uh, a Marion Davies um, biopic or, or something because she's fucking great. Right. There's so much to her relationship with Hearst that is unexplored in this film. It's so um, good. She and and yes, and and yeah. she plays everything perfectly. Yeah. She is if, if and if I and I actually I really wish I'd rewatched some of her scenes before we talked, but she is just incredible. And I and and I don't think it's like my even my favorite of her performances ever but i and i i still think that would be first reform um she is a movie that like i think y'all know i am like i really admire but i'm sort of cool on i still think is like excellent and she is she is it um i love the, i love her in this movie and i i there is so much to tell about her um that that just isn't here and um, I mentioned earlier the thing about Spacey. I would have been curious to see that version. I think he might have been more engaged than Oldman, um, excusing the fact now that they are both terrible, terrible men. But yeah. um, Jodie Foster cannot imagine her. Yeah. Just can't. It's Seyfried's role. No. She's, she's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Foster has like a f- an inherent force about her. I mean, that's why she's so amazing yeah. in Panic Room. Because yeah. like you don't, you believe every second mm-hmm. that like what she does, she's gonna like get out of yeah. this alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, huh. and Davies is obviously such like a tragic character because Citizen Kane basically ends up destroying her yeah, for all time. Yeah. It's devastating. It's. So it's yeah. I mean, like you're saying, Jack. She like plays everything. Like yeah. she's so funny. Mm-hmm. She's so sad. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. or she's not so like just she just does it all, and it's such a Thank like. God. Yeah. Or just, like, yeah, uh, I already made my exit thing. <laughs> like, it's, it's so good. good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my gosh. and I mean, and then her and, intro, you know, she, like, uh, she just like also uh, like uh, I, I did do a little bit of research on her before we talked. But I mean, God, she had a she, she and Chaplin were knocking boots like right around this time. You know, it's I like mean, nice, yeah. uh, and what another thing actually about Mank himself, like thinking about all the details that are not here. Um, and I won't go too deep into like my feelings on the anachronism that everybody's talking about the Frankenstein thing, except to say that I think that's fine. And it's a part of, is everybody thinking about, I think that? a lot of people are my, my like timeline is thinking about it and it's, it bugs me, but 
Um, but but I, I get it. They're just like, oh, Mr. Details can't get the detail. I'm like, what the fuck are I you mean, talking about? He's I a storyteller. It's oh, such a part I know, I know. Boy, I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. No, it's just, it's just <laughs> bad tweets, and I actually feel, I, I, I feel like I'm being a little nasty about it, but... Um, I'd like to use my citizens <laughs> firing. <laughs> All right, Sedaris. Um, but, um, but I do think of, I do think Jesse and David Sedaris are very similar in many ways. Um, but I... <laughs> I think my favorite humor. Um, But I I also think it's fascinating The the writing process of the Wizard of Oz Which is touched on in this movie Is so interesting because they were like Mank you're going to write the like You're going to write all the farm stuff And he he worked himself almost to death on that movie Because he really wanted to make it clear Just like he without ever spelling the details out What like Dorothy's life is like Before going to Oz And execs were like you gotta pick it up We gotta get there we gotta get there And he's like no it has to be this long um, And I think he even wanted like another 10 minutes In that sequence And uh, that stuff is also fascinating And I really wish it touched on that but, yeah, that could know. have been an interesting angle because that's yeah. what like sort of the movie and it's that's sort of the movie's angle, which mm-hmm. is like like it's advocating the humanity and what right. is sort of a soulless pro sort of a soulless process yeah. and like and that's sort of like that's why the little Wizard of Oz that exists within it mm-hmm. is sort of like an interesting contrast of just yeah. like these people making like the greatest movie of all time under the specter of another greatest movie of all time that is much more popular and beloved than watch totally all right well uh much like this uh much like mank kind of shoves the whole wizard of oz bit into like 30 seconds (laughs) we've shoved a whole mank episode into about 30 (laughs) minutes uh uh, do, do either of you have any final thoughts before uh we move Mm. on to a new set of guests no I, I would I would like to bring up Soderbergh's Full Frontal, which okay. I watched. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Would you Full like? Frontal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Go ahead. The, the interplay yes. between uh, film and digital. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's a, an amazing movie, even better than Mank it and is. Fincher himself. It, I think both movies are fundamentally about how the movie industry is like run by awful, petty people mm-hmm. who are just like. And uh, but Full Frontal is fascinating because Mank is obviously about like the greatest movie of all time. So you have that angle to come to it from. But Full Frontal is about people making awful movies and awful plays. So it's sort of the comedy, I guess, to Mank's tragedy. And Fincher himself like looms very large over Full Frontal. Like they quote, he shows up in it like directing Brad Pitt. And there's Mm -hmm. a line in it stolen directly from him talking about Alien 3. Where he says, like, I want I wanted to make a China cup, they wanted a beer mug. And I guess <laughs> I mean I suppose that that could apply to Mank if you really want to like think about it, but I don't know. I just okay. wanted to bring up how much I love I, Full yeah. Frontal. I literally thought it was a bit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh okay, so <laughs> no, did I, bit. <laughs> I actually I thought about it uh, when I watched it and then um when when y'all told me near uh, I almost called you by your other name. Uh when I, when um you told us that we were gonna be sharing a segment, I was like, I know he's gonna uh, bring it up, so yeah, not a bit. Yeah. But yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah. I mean I, I am I yeah. no, Jesse's seen full frontal. Right? And yes. yeah. I've seen Full Frontal. It's uh, yeah, it's a, a it's very, interesting. very interesting movie. Certainly, yeah. yes, I, I, yeah. yeah, one of Soderbergh's best. Honestly, like I really love it. I know. I, it's, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, no, I have no final thoughts, um, really, but I will say that the Mank um, family has such a long and rich history, um, and I would be remiss if I did not mention that Tom Mankiewicz um, directed the Dragnet movie. Um, and Do you um, recommend? I, I, I don't know if I recommend, um, but I will say that it's a debut. So, oh, wow. <laughs> if anybody, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to jump into a plug, Jesse. If anybody out there really wants mm-hmm. to talk about Dragnet on my show, Ain't Debuts, where we talk about filmmakers and their debuts, I am all ears because it will be a part of next year's programming. Um, so if you want to come on and talk <laughs> about a mank and talk about a really bad rap um, in Tom Hanks, then let me know. Yes, I was going to say. I think Mank would be improved if it ended with City of Crime. Right. <laughs> yep. But yeah, that family has such a rich history. I, I'd be interested to see um, more ben stories Mankiewicz told about talking about incest God porn. Damn it! Thought we might get it without bringing that up. Damn it! Every single segment, I will mention it. If you haven't seen the video, folks, it's very good. Um, you're doing your plug, Jack. Oh no, I did it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. He, no, he's. Pl- He's plugging Ben Mankiewicz, plugging in Sus That's yeah, his I plug. I did my plug. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Great. Uh, William, uh, William would you like to plug anything? This comes uh, out on Friday. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll plug my Twitter uh, at L Soderbergo, as you would expect. Uh... One of the great handles. Yeah. One of the great Twitter handles. Uh, oh, is, thank yeah. you, Andy. Also, thank you. I, you have. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Good, well. good, yeah. Good letterbox. Some writing about Mank mm-hmm. there, some writing about a lot of movies, yep. uh, a lot of Soderbergh movies, obviously. Oh, of course, my plug has to be go see Let Them All Talk on oh, yeah. HBO Max now. It's, it's, Great, out, it's available. It's, it's I'm out, excited. Yeah, yes. Now, oh, wow. as of this yes, episode. Have you not watched it yet? <laughs> what? <laughs> I have not I have not yet oh, let them all now. talk. It, but it will be out by the time it comes out in I actually yes, yes, no. um, I want to pile onto my plug real quick. I just released an episode of my show with Cullen um, this week on David Chase's Not Fade Away, uh, a movie that we both really love. Um, I have a great episode with Emilio uh, that came out um, a couple of months ago on Satoshi Khan's Perfect Blue. By the way, I thought a lot about Millennium Actress while we talked about this, and, and that's a movie people oh, should should see. That, Perfect that, film. Um, but you yeah, that, will also be able to hear these other gentlemen all three of them on my show um in 2021 so yeah wow yeah yeah but not me i i will not be you're on on the fucking oh, docket oh, three three god yeah damn you're it. one of the three <laughs> I, I, forgot about you. Two. I have I, so I, okay. we have I, not I, scheduled I, yours yet but we will but jesse's okay. is coming no, up no, no. andy's is coming up and uh and 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 william you're also going to be coming up soon okay no so. no no i did not mean to i no i i knew you are you yeah, had yeah, yeah, me yeah, on yeah, the, yours the, is okay I, 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 you're I just, so we have so many more seconds yeah. goodbye yes yes this is not this is yes we did not end the episode like this i'm sorry okay well this is we're not ending the episode like this because this is just for god this is gonna be all right look as far as i'm concerned this episode is done i'm leaving your zoom i'm letting you move on i'm sending you my audio file goodbye i love you <laughs> all right thank you thank you so much william and jack uh when we come back we'll be joined by three first time guests and a game Ooh. Ooh, make game baby <laughs> all right we're back we're now joined by simon sweeney yeah. <laughs> you audibly say hello. Hello. 
Jackson Murphy. What's yeah. up, Mancats? Oh, yeah. Mancats in the chat. <laughs> and Daniel Foster. I'm here Ooh. and I'm, I'm ready. Come on. I'm ready to make it. Let's, let's do this. We're making it. All right. Let's make it. Make it. Everyone, what's everyone think of me? Simon's so gonna go you. first. She was introduced first. Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. Yeah, hit us. Yeah, well, I'm the biggest downer. I, I, uh, I'm very mixed on the movie, uh, trending towards, um, trending downwards towards not liking it. Um, uh, I don't know how how much I I want to go for here. If we got it, we have the other two guys to talk here too. But um, uh, it it was I was really excited for it. I'm big into Fincher. Um, and uh. I ended up feeling that it, it really kind of loses itself um, trying to do almost too much. Um, I see and respect a lot of the um, kind of clashes um, between uh, form in in pairing the mono soundtrack and the black and white and the, the kind of classic Hollywood sensibilities with this pristine digital sheen. Um, and I, I like that in concept as a as a mushing together of things, um, and it does create something interesting about uh, kind of lost romanticism. Um, but I don't. Uh, I end up not thinking it works. I think Oldman doesn't work at all. I think that um, most of the people aren't working to some degree, uh, except for Seyfried, who I think is fantastic. Um, and uh, Middleton, who I think is pretty pretty good as well, um, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't pull me into the myth, and uh, I've I uh, yeah, so I wasn't into it. Fair play. Yeah. Next up, yeah, I was a mink doubter for the longest time. I was like, what? come on, what, this is like an origin <laughs> story. It's an origin <laughs> story for Citizen Kane. What the mink mink mink. Um, and I was like fully, I was like, you know what? If this isn't good, that's okay. And guess what, folks? It's pretty good. It's a pretty good movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. it's really, it's really funny and it looks really nice and it just trucks. It's just like this it- little travelogue through thirties Hollywood and how, uh, it, it's bad <laughs> folks. <laughs> Um, which is maybe obvious, but I think it's entertaining enough and diverting enough to have a good time. Um, yeah, we'll get into it more, I think, when we talk about it. But I think Oldman's pretty great. I think he's kind of perfectly cast. Um, and yeah, we'll just get going after that. Daniel? Yeah, I was really surprised by it. I liked it a lot. But what surprised me is that, like, how it's only marginally about the writing of citizen kane because i was also very Mm -hmm. doubtful of what you were saying uh jackson which is like i was like i don't i I don't want to learn how citizen kane was written i don't really care about that but like it doesn't really care about that it constantly obscures the actual writing of citizen kane and Mank's own importance in that story like and his importance in like anybody's story like the fact that you only see, you only really see them writing the screenplay like once early on, and then it's never shown again, or that Hurst is barely in the movie, who's you know the main figure of which the movie is based on. What really took me is that uh, what Simon mentioned earlier. What I really like about it is how it 
in, instead of focusing on Citizen Kane, it's mostly just about the vibe of the atmosphere of Los Angeles at that time in the early 1930s and how the tone of that period would give birth to the ideas of Citizen Kane more than explaining where Citizen Kane came from um, or where the specific ideas of Citizen Kane came from. And it's more about just uh, languishing in this guy's POV which is like very slow and witty and I also think very funny and cynical, kind of cynical about uh, the industry he works in, but also very sentimental about it and very hopeful about the magic of movies, even if it's constantly destroying him all the time. Um, So there's this really interesting push and pull between the movie's nostalgia and its sweetness and then its cynicism and like, and its cruelty and black humor towards the situation that I think is really interesting. Yeah. That's like when I was watching it, I was like, it is crazy how much like compared to his other movies specifically, or especially uh, how much heart there is in this, like that has uh, for Fincher that like, hasn't been in another one of his movies other than like, Benjamin Button maybe where like the rest of his work is so cynical and there's like like you were saying like the push and pull here I think Benjamin Button is like a lot more heart than cynicism um but I was like surprised at like how like sort of romantic in its ideals this was uh comparatively to like like going in thinking about like you know uh it's Mank uh writing Citizen Kane like you think it's gonna be pretty like um like I assumed it was going to be like pretty vicious, like towards like, you know, Hearst and everything. And it's like not tame, but it's like just not really about that. Like you guys were saying. I have a couple things to say about casting, which uh, Simon and Jackson both mentioned. First of all, uh, Zach Galifianakis should have played Mank. I don't think that's right. That, by the way. I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds wrong right. to me. <laughs> like say, like him in Birdman, kind of like that. But the, pre- the guests on the previous segment were both like absolutely. Yeah. So I was all prepared for. I was right? all yeah. prepared for everyone throughout this whole episode to tell me what a great idea I'd have. All right. So, so what I'm was your second thing? He might have been better. Glad to be taken down a peg. I do not uh, think that's The other thing I have to say about casting which is probably equally dumb, is that... So... We were talking off-mic about how, like, in most movies that were, like, a movie this expensive by a director of Fincher's stature, like, everyone would be someone that you recognize. And that's just... Like, there's a few recognizable actors. Like, obviously old men, and then, like... Uh, Seyfried and Dance and depending on what you've seen maybe there's a few others if you like the souvenir you know Tom Burke Uh, but I feel like and I think the other performances are all good but the problem is 
I am very bad at telling people apart, and I think if more of the actors had been people that I recognized, I would have known who this they is, were. This is for more an insane thing. I, I had telling people apart <laughs> issues. Yeah. I think, I mean, but I, I mean, like, I feel like I think that's, that's something you could throw at, like, Dragon POV. Tattoo 2 and Zodiac. Like, he likes to cast, I think, these. Ooh, Zodiac, I think they mostly. There are more, like, character actors who I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah, there are more, but, I like, that is. Arliss Howard is, like, as Arliss much of a character so actor yeah. as, like, um, who's the guy? Why can't I think of his name? Um, Brian. From Zodiac. <laughs> you mean Brian Cox? Oh, no, yeah, no, Brian Cox. Yeah. I feel like Arliss no, Howard Brian and him. Cox is like one you of forgot Brian Cox. What are you talking about? <laughs> Arliss Howard When I was like 14 watching Zodiac, I don't know what Brian Cox was, but yeah, I was like, I mean, check out this guy. This guy's funny. This guy's. Well, if you're 14, you don't know who. You don't, You certainly don't know who Arliss. You're saying Arliss Howard is of the same stature as Brian Cox. I mean, no, that no, no. But or like, who's, uh, like Anthony Edwards? Like. Yeah, sure. Anthony Edwards is is um is the type of guy who'd show up in Mank. Yeah, yes. like all the writers, um, you know, like S.J. Perlman, the girl in Zodiac leans more towards. Oh yeah, I know who that is, so I'm gonna remember. Yeah, who I mean, so is. yeah, it's it's this is a movie about like writers and writing, and like it right, puts like, like writing the on the screen and like, stuff. In that big writers' room, it's like, oh, these are all famous people, but I can't tell them apart because uh, I don't know who any of these. But actors. it doesn't matter. Don't really matter because they're <laughs> yeah, like yeah. really right. only in that I one guess, scene. It's more about how they operate as a collective. I, I and guess yeah. so. I guess. I guess you're right on that. But I think there's so other funny. examples. Yes, where, we, like, yeah. It might have been, especially because one of them does come back later and uh, is important. And I'm like, I don't remember which. But guy see, this, this is the is. thing. I mentioned this in our previous segment about watching it twice. Like you see, um, I don't have his name right now, but the editor who who does the like smear campaign, like the you know the movie right. about Sinclair. Shelley Metcalf. You, yeah, you see him like a bunch more like, or not a bunch more, you see him a bunch leading up and I was like, oh, I didn't realize like that was him at first like in these extra scenes. Right. And it, like, I'm not sure if I would even recognize him on a second watch through. Um, I mean, look, that might be on you then. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we like, pretty bad I had face blindness with like a lot of these guys. Like, um, if you... Like in my memory right now, and I only like watched the movie like twelve hours ago. But like the guy who plays Mink's brother, and uh, the like, and then the guy who is Mayor's sort of like uh, right hand man, second banana. Yeah, Thalberg. Yeah, Thalberg, they're the same yes. face in my memory. But I See, think yeah. Fincher has yeah, like such a good, yeah. I think, control of performance and physical performance that I'm able to differentiate these two guys yeah. in my mind. That's a fair, yeah. Because they both carry everyone's themselves in very different ways. name a lot, I feel like. like That's yeah. the funny yeah. thing about the movie, is everyone's like, oh, it's X person, like, <laughs> hey, first yeah. two initials, last name. <laughs> hey, Mank, it's me, Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean... <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs> I told my friend, it's like, an, it's just like, the whole thing's just like this, like an improv format, where, like, the infragen <laughs> is just Citizen Kane. <laughs> You're just going off of Citizen Kane. <laughs> Because improv oh, yeah. scenes are like, hey, Mank, it's me. Hi, I'm Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need to this be is a robbery. This is a robbery. They need to be uh, 
doing some more mapping and get some second beats in there where yeah. they're kind of heightening. Nino's improv. <laughs> this is the improv corner. <laughs> well, this is third beat, you know? He's mixing it all together. The two timelines are coming together at the end, you know? It's all... all right. uh, yeah, improv just doesn't work when it's that narrative. No, it doesn't. Sure. <laughs> uh, we have decided yeah. that this movie was not improv. This movie <laughs> yeah. was improv. Well, uh, thanks I for listening. All those people had memorized lines. It was not not good ag- example of improv in yeah. action. David Fincher probably loves improv comedy, right, guys? He probably thinks it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 I mean, Fincher he really lives for the like 3 a.m. Del Close marathon show. Yeah, that's yeah. his like bread and butter. David Fincher is going to take classes at the squirrel. This is what? Yeah. You can let that go by. I don't know what the squirrel is any more than you do, but that's okay. All right. Oldman is an interesting thing that keeps coming up, like in just discussion of it outside of the podcast, obviously. And like so far, it's come up in our first segment. Um, I think he's great. Like, yeah, it's an interesting thing too. that I people like say he's miscast, and people talk about like how he like near like I've seen reviews where people say he like nearly tanks the movie because he's so bad. And I think he is like exactly what the movie needs as just like a sort of um, like floppy, like shitty, like it just looks bad and is always like murmuring guy. And I think yeah. he does that great. Yeah, I mean, I'll say it's like I went into it skeptical of him and his performances after hearing all that, and it's and it was like after every scene, it's like no, this is sort of what this needs to be. Yeah, like yeah. this yeah. is sort of what he needs to look like. This is what, sort of what he is. Like I think you can think he's giving a bad performance. He is, I maybe sort of perfectly cast. I will say yeah. he is sort of like need- what the movie needs of like a guy who's sort of character actory, but also you would recognize consistently. All right. You need a guy who kind of sucks, like for yes, this role, like a bad person. <laughs> like to me, it's like the same he project uh, with Ben Affleck. I mean, yeah, he did. But, like it's good that he sucks. Yes. Um, classic movie take. It's good that it sucks. But um, <laughs> to me, it's the same project that he took on with Ben Affleck and Gone Girl, where like you just need this. Like for this particular role, you need like uh, like this ham who like he thinks he's like the smartest guy in the room at all times and that no one like fully likes like likes enough to have much loyalty towards except for the one richest guy who like for some reason likes this guy and who knows why i don't know maybe he just thinks he's funny um but yeah like you need a guy who kind of like people are talking about this should be a funny guy this should be like a main comedy this guy should be fun to be around and i don't to be clear when i that's said what Zach Galifianakis, i was not suggesting it should be a comedy oh yeah yeah okay this is more referring to other things i've read but yeah yeah yeah, yeah you want like baskets at galifianakis or what yeah. <laughs> kind of a funny story uh visioneers <laughs> what do you want right um. <laughs> I don't know if we just, yeah. necessarily Jesse wants him straight out of A Wrinkle in Time is what he wants. Yes. Uh, when I tried watching Wrinkle in Time, I couldn't make it to Galifianakis, unfortunately. Wow. Shots He's pretty good. I thought he was the lead. <laughs> <laughs> He's the wrinkle. No. Yeah. Yeah. He's tough. 
I do think that the Affleck comparison is right on base. That actually makes me like the performance more. I, I mean, I, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's I like he never makes a case for himself while he's performing in the movie. Like yeah. he he play even though like even when he's being so witty and sometimes funny, he's never being outwardly charismatic and improving the lives of the people around him. He just sort of exists. And like that sort of is the tragedy of that character is in most of his uh social spaces, he's just the court jester everywhere. And not and and he's just sort of going around getting drunk. Everyone's egging him on to get drunk. And when what he does when he gets drunk is he just like bees a little bit stupid. <laughs> yeah, and it's like not the not the I guess I'm this isn't a subtweak, I'm gonna say his name, but there's like the Paul Schrader take out there where it's like <laughs> the problem with Coming the movie. Paul. <laughs> the problem with the movie is that it, it, it's a movie about a bad man who doesn't make the case uh, for uh, for himself. And it's like weirdly the movie is sort of about the opposite. He's like sort of a good person. He's like sort of a person who thinks and feels the right things, who just is consistently making the case against himself. He's just like a guy who you would like to like, and then he's just like, nah, he's sort of a slippery piece of shit. So yeah, I can't really. Yeah, one, one of the side. key like moments in this movie that didn't become clear to me until the second time I watch it is the scene where uh, his maid reveals to Rita Alexander that he got her out of Germany and saved lots of families, which on its face feels like a very awkward, shoved in, like humanizing yes. moment for this real life person. Oh, but did you know this fun fact about something that he did? But it's used in the context of she's bringing it up to justify why she's encouraging his alcoholism. Yes. Like, <laughs> but he's like, okay, and because of this, I'm going to let him destroy himself and I'm going to let him do it. And so it's like very cruel to make in that way, in that it's not just letting him, even if he does good things and he tries to be a good person sometimes it doesn't let him off the hook for the ways in which he's sort of ruining his life and in making the people around him their lives worse schrader's take which i i think i almost entirely agree with actually is not really so much that um oldman or fincher isn't making the case for like make being a cool guy because he's like obviously not but like I rewatched I rewatched bits um this morning. I couldn't I couldn't rewatch the whole thing, but I, I went back. I rewatched the scene on the lot where she's on the stake and I rewatched their big conversation um after she leaves the party. Um mm-hmm. and I rewatched the Wells confrontation um at the end. Yeah. And um I think that what Schrader um says is that Fincher doesn't make the argument for why you should want to watch this guy for two hours. So I have a really hard time watching this guy for two hours. Um, and the point might be that, like, whatever scene he's in, he's kind of a black hole. He's kind of a wet blanket. There are plenty of good movies that do that and have this empty space at their center um, of a lead where um, the point is that they're just reflecting things that happen around them. They're not They're not really a person. Um but I don't think I don't think it makes um, for compelling drama here. Um, I don't think it makes for um, a compelling movie, which I think is what Schrader was getting at and what I am now getting at. Um, in these scenes, especially with Seyfried, I watch them and I'm like, this is like... I don't feel the point of those conversations with Seyfried being that um, Mank is not 
interacting right. I think he's supposed to be um, presented as something at least moderately interesting to watch, and he's really failing in that, um, which is where I really um, end up just com uh, completely lost by Oldman's uh, performance here, um, is that I'm very rarely interested in what he's doing. Um, I'm very rarely uh, invested in the character on that behalf, and it does center around him. Even if he is a wet blanket, even if he is an empty space, the movie's still about him, um, even if it's not really about him, uh, quotes. Um, and I can't, and it doesn't hold together for me over the course of two hours and change. Um, yeah. Yeah. So should we go into the game? I was gonna say we should maybe transit. We yeah. were, oh, I think well, the game's not I just talked for so minutes, long guys. that I I <laughs> ended, I ended discourse. Yeah. No. no, I think we should do the game now. Oh no. <laughs> We've only got fifteen minutes. We've only oh, got fifteen okay. minutes. Only fifteen. Um, uh, max fifteen max. If it ends early, that's fine. So too. we pimped a game onto one of our guests <laughs> and made yes. them watch the movie last night. <laughs> Well, hey, I was gonna watch it. He's the it game anyways. guy too. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, apparently you know, I'm the game guy. <laughs> have you ever gamer. listened to uh, you know <laughs> podcasts of the hard things? The episodes uh, have fully been taken offline. They're, they're gone. You can't anymore. You can't find them. Wow. Wow. That's well, so sad. Anyway. I didn't there know he did this. Defunct podcast. That's wow. yeah. Really so we could cut that. Uh, yeah, please do. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, it yeah, was I'm good while it lasted. All right. So you have a game for us. What's the game today? Um, I have two vague concepts for a game. So let's Great. roll with that. Okay. Great. So first one is, uh, I think the worst, maybe the worst scene in this movie, the worst part is when uh, Orson Welles comes in at the end and makes like, I want credit. And Orson Welles is like, rah, 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 and he throws some stuff against the wall and makes like, that needs to be in Citizen that's Kane. In the baby. Movie. That's, that's, that's we the movie. We got to put that so in, bad. baby. Yeah, it's a pretty silly really scene. It's so bad. Yeah, I think it's so, <laughs> That's where I'm like, okay, fuck this. Like, I mean, it's a great scene in Citizen Kane. That scene in Citizen Kane it's a great wonderful. No, it's great in Citizen Kane, yeah. I don't need like a winking thing where you're like, oh, remember how this is in Cinnamon Kane? The whole movie's so mad at Citizen Kane. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, before we get into the game, I want to bring up, like, talk about, like, the last five minutes of this movie because it does an insane thing where it just all out of the blue like heaps so many layers of artifice onto what was already there with like the with orson welles freaking out throwing all the alcohol against the wall and he's like oh that should be in the movie and it's this very like very biopicy thing and then wells just leaves and then reed alexander comes back and he's like and the music is swelling and she goes oh by the way my husband who i thought died in world war ii he's actually alive and Killed he's coming it. She back kills it. and they embrace and like look out into the sunrise or just into the horizon while the music is swelling and it's like right. very and then cut to Hollywood the oscars yeah moment that like has nothing to do with him but he's trying to participate mm -hmm. in and then it cuts to him winning the oscar in an award ceremony that was created by Louis B. Mayer in order to make filmmakers fall in line and quash unions. And, and the uh, studio executive accepts the award on his behalf. And if there's anything we know throughout this movie is that it's all the executives hate his guts. And then there's the ending where he talks about how there's like this fake news footage where he says, oh, I wrote all of Citizen Kane. And then they're like, how did you... The why is Orson Welles' name on it? And he's like, that's the magic of movies. And it's like, that's wrong. We know that's not true. But also, that's Fincher's, like, 
reason, yeah. raison d'etre for the entire movie is it's all fake. Yeah, and so, it's like, and well, then he died. That yes, yeah. yeah. It's, what's interesting too, and then died eleven years later, succumbing to his alcoholism. It's interesting it's so cool to what comes in like the last second. Well, what comes in between that is is the real Wells um speaking, um which I think yeah. is very interesting to put him in there, um and pull you out of the artifice and um kind of and it's the same sort of thing that I think is in the interaction between the some old stylings and some ultra digital stylings um is this this tension between the real um and the magic of movies uh and I I really wish that I subscribed to the way he did it more um because I do like that the idea of that tension a lot yeah um but it, yeah. it just becomes so nihilistic right right at the ending by pretending it isn't of like <laughs> it, the truth of what's happening is immediately gets muddled into everything and it's like it's unclear what what is actually true and what isn't all that you know it's true is that he wrote part of it at least and it's the best thing he's ever written and then everyone shunned him from hollywood and wells which i think is also a key thing here is he tells wells at the end like they're gonna like destroy you too and it like they don't care about you either which they do and then and then he dies and never does anything worthwhile again like it's this very sick <laughs> ending for for a uh, mm-hmm. character who like, if you take it on face value, it seems like it's doing a very sweet biopic thing of humanizing him and giving him this redemptive victory. But it's all undercut by everything else. Mm-hmm. It's yes. so weird. And it's and about Citizen Kane! <laughs> yeah. He's, like, all doing right. a joke on the canon. It's so... He's, like, really just... Like, even Citizen Kane, dude, the making of that was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So this game. game, game anyway, game. so yeah, that scene at the end is pretty silly. Um, so guess what, guys? We're in the Mank sim now. We're all Mank now. Uh-oh. We're all controlling him like Meet Dave. We're all in the Mank ship. Okay. And guess what? We have to write the Citizen Kane of today. Uh, I, ca- <laughs> <laughs> I call this game Ripped from the Headlines. So what I'm going to do <laughs> is, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to Google... Who's who's the Hearst of today? You know who owns? I thought about Elon this. Musk. Who, I think it's yeah, exactly. Zuckerberg. Who owns Elon Musk? Who owns a publication? <laughs> who? Wait, not Elon Musk. Sorry, Jeff Bezos. Excuse me, I got yeah. them confused. We're going oh, okay. Bezos here. Bezos. Um, okay. Although maybe we could do Musk too. Yeah, actually, hold on. I'm gonna split you guys up into Team Bezos, Team Musk, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Switching game. Deal. Do, we, do I need to set up some breakout rooms? Is that what? Idiot. By the way, this is also just the social network. So. <laughs> I'm gonna put. Just looking at my screen, I'm gonna put Andy Cullen and Simon together, and Jesse Mealy and Daniel together. Um, so let's go Team Bezos first. So Andy Cullen, Simon, Team Bezos, you're up first. Basically, what I'm doing, I'm just Googling Jeff Bezos news. I'm going to read some headlines, and you got to figure out how that's in the screenplay. Okay? <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go. So we'll do, like, you know, we'll rally off, like, one or two. All right. <laughs> and uh, then you just decide if we get points or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be point okay. master, too. <laughs> the, 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 oh, my God. This is, All like, right, so, heightened from, like, his normal game level. <laughs> Of thought out and good. Yes. This is like like thought out. CNN one day ago, Jeff Bezos says this engine will take a woman to the moon for the first time. 
Put it in the screenplay, boys. He has a dream, and his ex-wife is going to the moon. There's something. Right, exactly. He's he's he he's he's longing. He the, his ex-wife has become the one that got away, and he and he he we see in flashbacks. He's always saying, "I'm gonna take you to the moon one day." And then like when she's like when she's breaking up with him, Classic she's like, "You friends. never you never you could never you could never take me to the moon. You you never you never came up came fulfilled your promise." So then he like once once she leaves him, he sets about um uh, trying to to build this engine that will take a woman to the moon okay Boom. well hold on is this the best we can do yeah <laughs> i think i've pretty much <laughs> nailed it fucking put some stuff uh, in the soup no, let's uh, go <laughs> let's see uh cinema to the moon this engine maybe it's maybe it's not about a, a train woman, and it's he about him trying to build an engine <laughs> to the moon no yeah you guys nailed it great great pitch. <laughs> All right, is that our, our that's team's a point, pitch? right? Yeah, for team yeah, Bezos? yeah. I'll give you, yeah, that's pretty good. How many points? I'm going to give you eight points. Eight, <laughs> eight points, great. Eight, right. eight mink points. Ooh. All right. Searching Elon Musk news now. Uh, probably nothing. The guy's pretty low key, right? Uh, what's this? <laughs> okay, maybe this is. Okay, yeah, here we go. How do we uh, fit the Babylon B into this film? <laughs> <laughs> Some grimes? Uh, <laughs> um, Elon Musk and Grimes make cameos in Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Put it, in the, put it in the screenplay, baby. So, uh, go ahead, Emilio. So, this seems to me like in a movie, this is like in the montage of a downfall where it's just like. <laughs> 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 like, ca- cameras flashing you, they have a baby camera flashing they have they give it a dumb name camera flashing he's like make, <laughs> he like has a flamethrower and then camera flashes and they're both like in a digitized video game realm while distorted circus music plays yeah. but also <laughs> these but also these uh camera flashes cause epileptic seizures <laughs> <laughs> to the audience or like within the text of the For movie the audience. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's hot off the presses, Jesse. But we're we're responsible screenwriters, so unlike Cyberpunk, we put a warning on it. Fair play. (laughs) How many points for that one? Yeah, that's eight points, too. You guys are tied up. That's just as good. Come on. Guess we got to go to the finals. Okay, wait. Actually, hold on. I have a little little mini round and then the finals. I found a good finals headline. I'll kill you. Mini mini headline. (laughs) Guess what? Both Bezos and Musk, they had a sled as a kid, dude. What's the sled's name for Bezos, Team Bezos? Jeff Bezos. Okay. Um, (laughs) I think it has to be Echo. Echo. Echo? Yeah, Echo's good. You set it off on Echo? I mean, or Alexa. Simon finally gets everyone to say Alexa Alexa or Echo. Uh, Alexa. Or if you have a third pitch, I had a third Alexa. pitch. My That's third pitch, was... my initial pitch was that it's just called Jeff Bezos. Okay, yeah. So it's Alexa. Um, <laughs> Alexa. Okay. <laughs> All right, Team Musk. What's the sled's name? Okay, so I have a couple of names. Very <laughs> easy. <laughs> very easy. I think. My, my third. My... Lambda backslash. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm kind of laying you guys sign. up. I'm realizing. <laughs> Yeah, how do you in leech speak? How do you spell apartheid? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's. That. I was just gonna say it's Grimes, yeah, whatever that but is, like. Is that. <laughs> 
pretty yeah. good. Yeah, um, points. Yeah, honestly, I'm giving Musk the lead right now. The lead yeah. right now, but guess yeah. what? Whoever wins this one is enough points to take it home. Um, <laughs> what a useful the, mini the Calvin Ball of <laughs> podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. games. <laughs> All right, last right. round. Final round. Here we go. So there's one more headline, and I mean it makes sense because you know this headline fortunately has both of these people in the headline. Ready? Yeah. Elon Musk closes in on Jeff Bezos for world's richest man title. Wow. <laughs> so this is this is new. This is eight hours ago, folks. So but yeah, Musk adds nearly ten billion to net worth in one day. Closing in on Bezos. That's so much more money than I have. I mean, this is literally just a setting in Kane with <laughs> this, him this, running for president yeah. against that guy. <laughs> What's his face? Uh, the uh, governor. Gettys. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess, yeah. The framing so in you... the Bezos movie is that, like, Musk is, like, someone whose, names you, is na- whose name you hear a lot, but you never see him. Like, he never appears in the movie. And then, like, you see, like, in headlines, like, oh, he's going to make more. He's making more money or whatever. And then, like, yeah, the ending or whatever is, like, when he overtakes him and Jeff Bezos, like, realizes, like, oh, he can't be number one forever and it was all for naught. Yeah, I think Bezos is going to pay the Babylon Bee to write unflattering articles about Elon Musk. And Musk is going to have nowhere to turn now. He has no one in his life anymore. I have a pitch. Please. Uh, they're, They're both playing uh agar.io and they're just like eating other billionaires and they're eating poor people and bezos is the bigger one but then musk is starting to get is big and they're like moving in oh no <laughs> yeah no my, yeah. my pitch would be like elon musk like shows up to his house and like tells grime he's like baby did you hear i'm i'm almost catching up to it. and he like lights up a joint it's like starts like watching some dank rick and morty memes on the television and then it's just a slow it's a, it's a slow push onto grime's face as she's realizing the, the mistake she's made and she's thinking about leaving him and that's the main game yeah um, you guys are tied. There is no winner. <laughs> that's right. That sounds that sounds correct. Hollywood is the winner. Yeah, because right. they're going to make these ideas for their great biopics. Do any of y'all have anything you would like to plug? Well, Happy Feet Two. <laughs> our right. podcast died. A movie. Um, Twitter, Letterboxd. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, I'm That's a good idea. SD Sweeney 56 on both Twitter and Leatherbox. S-D-S-W-E-E-N-E-Y 56. Um, and I write uh, about music mostly, but also sometimes about movies uh, at a place called No Ripcord and then at uh, my school newspaper at the Pit News. So there you go. Um, I'm on Twitter at cheaper by 12 film. Um, I'm locked right now because I'm applying to a job, but check it on me another time. <laughs> I mean, send a request. Maybe you'll get accepted. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to let anyone in pretty much, even if there were the people hiring me. I don't really care. Um, if they got to know, they got to know. Um, the, my letterbox is a little hard to write out, so I'll just say search JKM and uh, my avatar's me walking out of a porta potty uh, in Colorado. So <laughs> go ahead. Make sure it's Colorado. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you see the Rockies, yeah. you're like I'm in uh, the Daniel? right place. Yeah, yeah, my Twitter is at Jutopia Two. Um, <laughs> the two is silent. My letterbox is at Daniel Foster because that's my name. Uh, there's lots of great content there. 
uh, and watch Happy Feet 2. It's a wonderful yeah, yeah. film. All um, right. What a wonderful segment. And in just a moment, I will be back with an editor. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> snip, snip. Happy Mankmas. In my head, I play a supercut of us. All the magic we gave off. All the love we had and lost. All right, and we are back. I am now joined by the producer of the George Lucas talk show, Patrick Kotnar. Hi, how are you? I am wonderful. Been talking about Mank a lot. Uh, how are you? As is everyone in America. We've got Mank fever. We do have Mank fever, certainly on this podcast in the middle of the 12 guests of Mank Miss Manktacular. So you, of course, uh, have created a super cut of every time uh, in the movie that someone calls Mank Mank. And I think the first question has to be, uh, why? Well, first of all, I love that you say, of course, as if this video is blowing up the internet. I love that that's how you (laughs) preface it. Um, The question is why, let's see. I watched the movie, when was it? Friday, I guess, the day it came out. My roommate and I watched it. We got midway through and I'm like, they say his name so many times. Like, we know what his name is. We can stop saying it, right guys? And then I was like, well, all right. I wonder how long it would actually take from the movie if you just went through and cut them all out so then on saturday i was like i guess i gotta watch the movie again so i watched it again and while i did i like chopped out just the manx mm-hmm. um and it was uh it was a lot i didn't actually count how many times it was but i think it was about 45 seconds worth so it's probably mm-hmm. 70 60 70 times something like good. that mm-hmm. uh yeah too many times uh, but it was fun and it was worth it. And I'm glad that, uh, some people enjoyed it or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the world, as you imply, of course, the world enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, so the next question is, uh, what do you feel like you learned about Mank while making the Mank supercut? Good question. Well, I learned his name was Mank. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, um, I learned uh, that clearly he's making a big deal about telling people call me Mank, mm-hmm. you know, because if everyone knows, like I could say, call me Pat instead of call me Patrick, but you'd have to say it to a lot of people before it like really started catching mm-hmm. on. So this is, this is a thing. And I think that's what I learned. I think he knows what he wants and he tells people what he wants and that's what mm-hmm. he gets. That's good. But also probably good that they cut out all the scenes where he said, please call me Mank. <laughs> but there's a little part of me that I would, I would like that, even if it made the movie a half hour longer, <laughs> if it was just scenes of him meeting everyone that calls him Mank in the movie mm-hmm. earlier in the movie, right. being like, just call me Mank, just call me Mank, just call me Mank, over and over, I'd love it. I'd love it. And All he right. does that. He does do the few times, I guess. I think so. He, that sounds yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Do, do you have a favorite uh, time that he gets called Mank in the movie? Uh, yeah, weirdly, I do. There's... Um, <laughs> Uh, there's a Charles dance scene where I think they're up at Hearst castle and they're walking by a fireplace and Charles dance just goes, Mank, Mank. And he says it twice in a row. Yes. And I was like, this is great. Cause we get two out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was my favorite one. Cause it was, it was like he knew I was doing it. 
he's like, this will help him mm-hmm. if I had a second of one. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Way, way back in the day, David Fincher's yeah. father wrote it into the script. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> and then I just have one more question, which I've asked oh all of our guests. Uh, Here we go. Should Zach Galifianakis have played Mink? I mean, I think you and I both know the answer. And it's, of course. Thank he's you. Probably much, he's probably much closer in age. I think that's Mank probably was. true. So I'll say that. But he's also not someone who's like an actor who like Mank looked kind of like old and like he's someone who can both he fits hey. that while not being too old to play him. But let him try to transform, you know, let him uh, let him see what he can do to 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 get into the Mank headspace. And also, like, you didn't know what Mank looked like. I didn't know what Mank looked like. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could have done it and it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, of course. When we come back, we will be joined, rejoined by my co-hosts, as well as by our first two guests and a new friend. Ooh. All right, and we are back. We are now joined by Alec Montiel, Peter Bushman. Hey! And, oh no, in the time that we, Andy was fixing his audio, (laughs) I forgot David Carter. Thank you. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for you having me. You get extra plug time at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For joining cool, us. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> thank you all for being here. Thank you all for being. Of course. Here. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for inviting uh-huh. me. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, what does everyone think of Mink? <laughs> uh, you always do this thing where you just say, oh, "What does everybody think?" and then nobody answers. Well, <laughs> it's I've avoided the discourse. I just watched Mank forty-five minutes ago, and nice. I, I. I don't know if I like it or not. I guess that's it. I appreciate some of the things it's doing and some of the other things it's doing. I don't appreciate so much, but I will let <laughs> other people, you know, talk while I slowly formulate what my opinions yeah, are. Well, to, to respond to that a little bit, I think I was in a similar position, whatever, uh, 27 hours ago when... We started recording this podcast, uh, and I am leaning more in the direction of like it now. Uh, yeah. How many uh, guests of Mankmas have you had so far? Like, what positions you, are we? You guys are seven through nine. Dank. Oh, dank. A dank Mank <laughs> slot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I will say that I'm in the tank for Mank. I woke up at uh, nice. seven, uh, eight, eight, eight. Eight make M. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we are doing all the mank puns, so this yeah. is good. Yeah. Oh, I'm signing off for manks for the memories. So just to warn you, um, <laughs> uh, I I legitimately love this film, and I the discourse has uh, frustrated me to no end. Uh, I think there's a lot of um, wanting a movie to be something that it's not, but I will just say that I love I love the movie, and I'm all yeah. in for late era Fincher? I don't know. He's too I don't know if he's too young to call this late era, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I think like Manta probably described it best. Where I just like I'm in the middle st- still. I kind of feel like, especially my big problems with the um, open the first half and the third half, where I just feel like it's very like kind of conventional. Where it's not like bad, but I guess for Fincher is like one of the things where I like oh I don't really, I guess I didn't expect him to kind of take take this route. But I mean there are some things I do enjoy about the movie. Yeah, it's an interesting thing that we haven't really talked about yet. Um, we've had like a few people on who are like mild detractors, but I think uh, it's interesting for this movie that it is such a widespread. Like, if you look at like a letterbox page of like uh, you know whoever you follow, like I've got like almost one of every star rating of people that I follow, and it's like pe- you, Peter, saying that you haven't like really formulated a take on it or whatever. Um, I think that's like a lot of people like it is just an odd movie to sort of come to and I've watched it twice and uh, when it when I watched it the first time I ended up liking it just because like I was able to get on its wavelength but when it starts it is like hard to get on its wavelength a bit I think and the second time it like plays like gangbusters just because I was so you know in the in the make tank as it were. Uh, the thing that was weird for me is I didn't realize that this was written by um uh david fincher's late father yes mm-hmm. journalist jack uh, fincher and so he it's this script he wrote 25 years ago i was like i the movie starts up and i was like huh this is like the aviator and then it turns out that <laughs> exactly. he wrote the aviator so like oh okay um and that sort of inspired me to start a little project which i'll talk about later but um <laughs> i i get a sense that david fincher is might have been like a little precious about the script that is to say you know because his father passed away 17 years ago now that sort of leaves the script in in amber in this fossilized state and he's not he probably if i had to guess didn't want to change too much about it um you know to sort of preserve his father's legacy so there are a few times where i'm like oh you know i i would have you know change this and and i would have done one more draft right we've talked about this and i forget who said it but we think that eric roth did some work on the script yeah more recently it was like a consultation or something yeah yeah but otherwise like no rewrites yeah yeah but i mean not to get into like the themes of the movie but to a certain extent i do wonder how much this is a product of David Fincher himself, like essentially like taking what the writer did in this case, his father and shifting the perspective a little more, even though he's not very pre like, it's not like he's, I don't know. There's a lot of talk about how Orson Welles is like the villain of this movie, but I don't think that's fair only because the movie is told yeah. from, uh, Herman Mankiewicz's perspective and like yeah. he's barely ever seen and I think there's a reason why uh, Orson Welles is a no as cat as a no cast as a nobody in this movie like mm-hmm. so you have no preconceived mm-hmm. notions as to the role played in this movie but I would I don't know how if I would agree with how precious David Fincher is with the script it's it seems like he's it seems like he's not asking any easy questions while uh, he makes a script. It's also kind of a hard script to be precious about because it's not so much a like adaptation of that Pauline Kill essay, Raising Kane, as much as it is a like kind of a screed about how politics and media like like crash into each other. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, and I don't, don't know don't if there's any way to be oh, precious sorry. about that. Uh, uh, yeah, think. don't get me wrong. I like I could be totally wrong. This is like <laughs> I'm I'm just now like obs- I went into the film blind, so I'm still trying to gather information about it. Though it was really what intrigued me is that there is like there's so many aspects of the film that seemed like they were written 20 years ago like you know this extended sequence where they like explain the difference between socialism and communism right and it's like i can sort of see in like 1998 needing to explain to a mainstream audience that wouldn't have been really aware of that but i sort of feel that uh the the u.s political scene is at least more amenable well, maybe not really, but, you know, that is more cognizant, perhaps, of leftist politics. And so a lot of it's like, oh, OK, I, I, I get this. Yeah, um, I do. Yeah, I think the inter- the relationship with writing in the movie, I think, is really interesting. Like we've talked about this a couple of times. It is very writing forward. Right. It puts like all the establishing shots like mm-hmm. as text on the screen. And I think really. And and also like it's just like in that like heightened style where everyone talks like really quickly and and like is able to like come back with a snappy rejoinder at, at any sort of instance, right? And I think like I really the thing I think it's interested in is like, yeah, is is Hollywood artifice, right? Is like the the sort of like the the way the you know the studios and and all that stuff like really like create a world that's like different from our own but then the way that that also influences it like the way that they're able to use that sort of heightened like world that they create to to influence the you know the political stuff is is like i think what kind of what he's he's digging into and like yeah and and like yeah just sort of celebrating that like the heightened style while also like questioning and lamenting sort of what it's able to be used for uh, was, was something that I really appreciated in the movie. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that one scene in broadcast news where Albert Brooks is like, you know, reprimanding uh, 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 John Hurt about the fact that he's like, if you, mm-hmm. if you fake this one thing, if you manipulate this people <laughs> this way, it is a slippery right. slope and it's just a, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a cut by a thousand deaths and like Mink kind of feels like it's dealing with the same thing where it's obviously it's dealing with like the mini- the manipulation of the public with like the media and the movies and things like that. But it almost feels like David Fincher is essentially doing his big screen on like, look, if we have all these, you know, right wing or whatever people with an agenda in control of these movies, then, you know, that is like the future that we have sown for ourselves. And to an extent, he's correct i mean the last few marvel movies have been literally sponsored by the military it's i mean it's not it's not like an absurd conclusion to draw to but we're all talking about politics and i just have a question for the people who maybe are more lukewarm to negative on the movie do you think the public um not public the maybe it's just film twitter i don't know but do you think the (laughs) (laughs) it's always hard to see which bubble yeah the discourse (laughs) Do you think people are kind of one of the reasons this movie isn't hitting people the way uh, it maybe should is because people are so turned off by conversations about politics at this point, no matter which way they lean, Uh, like just because we just got through a very fraught election. And and also, I've just kind of noticed that a lot of movies that aim political that have been coming out, people have been very much 
regardless of quality, just very much mm. not wanting to engage with them just from a standpoint of their own mental health almost. So I'm just kind of curious, people who are a little negative on the movie, if that came into play at all. Um, well, I don't think... It's probably the reason I didn't like... It's probably the reason like, I'm lukewarm in it, but I could definitely see like some people like... Because you don't, you don't really know it, that that plays such a huge part in the film, so I could definitely see some people going into it and just like maybe like being all of a sudden there's like this whole other subplot about the gubernatorial race in California and how like Sinclair plays into that and kind of being like turned off by that or like maybe feeling like it's forced in so I can maybe see that maybe some of that might be playing into the like lukewarm reaction maybe getting yeah I don't know I think it's weird because I think what I respond to in the movie is more the politics than I think if the movie has any sort of failings, it's a, it's a sort of, I don't really, I can't really engage with it like interpersonally that much. I think I don't really like, I don't know if vibe necessarily the correct word, but I don't, I don't, I don't like vibe with all the characters in it and I completely understand where they're coming from. And I think some of it, like sometimes people are sort of caricatures and sometimes they're portrayed very like stoically. But I think what is what it's saying in sort of broad strokes is sort of what I enjoy about it more. Like if there's any problem with it, it's that the movie sort of has like 19 things going on and it never sort of reaches a sort satisfying conclusion on any sort of thing on any sort of those things, maybe. But I'm not sure. I don't think I don't think the political content is what anybody has an issue with it. I'm, I guess unless you're considering the politics of maybe of maybe, is Gary Oldman a bad person. <laughs> there's definitely people who are like calling it saying that it's like lib shit which i don't buy at all like it's i think it's like that's such like a bad argument it's the same thing with like the orson welles argument like just in terms of discourse that i don't really like care about where it's like yeah i feel like at this point like just because we've talked about it a few times and i've been thinking about it is that like i find that movie is like almost ambivalent to wells like it's such like I think uh, that's it's like a good point that he's sort of like Tom Burke is like someone I liked a lot from Souvenir, but I feel like he's not like a he's not a household name, like obviously. And that's what like the whole movie is basically padded out with just sort of not nobodies, but not somebodies, you know, and like that's just part of it because it's like it's it's Mank. It's like about Mank Woods and like Wells is sort of just like he's not even like the foil until the very end. And it's just like such a movie where. I when people are like it's so like rude to Wells or like you know he's like so like pat like passive aggressive about Wells's um participation or whatever and it's like I don't think that's what it's about like I think that's not like a straw man but it's just like I think you're looking at the wrong thing if you're complaining about Orson Wells in the movie and like similarly to the politics like I do think that is interesting to consider because I know like like I haven't seen it, but I know like Trial of the Chicago Seven is like a very political movie that people were like, "All right, like enough of this." And like even Borat Two has like a very strong like voting message in it, and I know people were turned off by that as well. Uh, but that's I like think even uh, even American Utopia, right? Exactly. I yeah. People being like, "All right, this is fun," but David Byrne, shut up yeah. about politics. Yeah, and I, that is an interesting thing of just like the fatigue of people talking about like. You know, like, you know, like with Sinclair, it's like we could have a socialist <laughs> and like I can I could see maybe people being like fed up with that. But like, uh, I mean, I'm like, I think of the four of uh, us hosts, 
I think I'm the most positive on it. I, although I think maybe Andy lines up with me a bit more. But yeah, I, I think I think the extent to which people being sick of politics might play into their reaction is more possibly more on a subconscious level of I would agree with Emilio that like that is what I found to be most effective. And so like, if you're just not in the mood to engage with that, you're going to focus more on the other stuff and the other stuff is a little more hit and miss. I think earlier Andy was talking about artifice and I think artifice is a big aspect of the movie to me where I'm like, I'm constantly wavering between enjoying the artifice and then it sucking me out of the movie. Um, like for example, in the scene where, uh, Amanda Seyfried first appears and meets Mank, which I, this is a side note, but I love that in the Mank trailer, they did the thing that all like 2000s kids movies did of like Mank, Mank, Mank. Yeah, yeah. It felt like Max Keeble's big move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway you'll love our previous segment peter oh really (laughs) yes Uh, in um but yeah but like in their first scene together they're outside they're doing a western but when they're talking their films are echoing as if they're on a soundstage and i'm and i got caught like am i is are they supposed to be on a soundstage in like the meta reality of the film itself right because you know this is except for the digital filmmaking of course like a lot of what's going on in this film is trying to emulate uh different production aspects of 1940s features like citizen kane so i just sort of you know there'd be times where like uh like a lot of the side characters you know are giving such heightened performances and i'm like oh that's that's like a heightened performance it's distracting but at the same time like oh that's just like what one of these movies would have been like in the 40s and i had to respect the character actor for being able to give that sort of performance in 2020 right um but like i couldn't help but like keep thinking of david fincher just like meticulously controlling every single shot like i kept thinking about the production of the film and like because i kept thinking about everything that kept going into the film i like it was hard for me to focus on the narrative itself even though it's you know not like the narrative is particularly hard to follow but so that's the thing for me is i need to decide whether i like the fact that it kept pulling me out of the film with its sort of layers of reality and artifice or not I think to a certain extent you have to buy into the artifice almost immediately uh, just because some things about the movie are obviously not slavish, but you know, like the fact that there are cigarette burns in the corner and the fact that it does sound like they're on a soundstage and the sound and the way it's sound mixed and the fact that it's not an anachronistic uh, anachronistic score by uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. You have all these things that like kind of tip you off like it's a period piece it's going to be a docudrama about the arbitration between orson wells and herman Mankiewicz. but in reality it's not really like they don't the the reality of the movie is that uh it's all told it's all told told from fictional herman Mankiewicz's perspective and then Mm -hmm. on top of that uh it's not even really slavish to the air like obviously it's digital photography not film the scratches the film scratching things are like 
kind of half-assed to a certain extent. And then it's the aspect ratio it's shot in in widescreen is not something a movies would have really been shot in at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I think to a certain extent, everyone's giving a heightened like an like a heightened performance, like true to the era, but also like. I don't know. It's it's kind of mixing film genres to a certain extent. People talk like they're in a screwball comedy, like very quick, quickly. And then some scenes, it is kind of like watching Citizen Kane, watching Herman Wickowitz throw up in William Randolph Hearst's, uh, <laughs> uh his great tumble or whatever, like that scene yeah. or, or whatever. Uh, I, I think you kind of have to buy into the artifice also because it's not a factually accurate movie as some people yes, on film yeah. Twitter have very pedantically pointed out <laughs> it, like to me, which is like, yes, neither is Barton Fink. It's all kind of inspired by, except I guess in this case, they're using people's real names. And, you know, to me, I think sometimes when I hear people talk about this movie, they're overlooking, like if you don't care about the politics in film media stuff, fine. What people are kind of, I feel like, overshadowing this movie is that it is a screenplay and a movie about two figures, if you want to for- focus on the Orson Welles thing, even though I think he's such a minor character, it's not worth f- focusing on. But if you do want to focus on that, you have a film that's essentially about two failures, one mm-hmm. at the end of his career and the one at the beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. One failure died, you know, I don't know if he was destitute, but, you know, died an alcoholic, died... Uh, relatively young at 55 and also the Gary Oldman casting thing problematic figure I'm not praising Gary Oldman but if you're going to cast people complaining about his age alcoholics in the 40s had lived hard lives they probably looked closer to what Gary Oldman looked like when they died Um, (laughs) uh, but there is like this interesting little narrative about a man who was technically kind of right about the thing he was saying and could never get out of his own way in order to achieve them he was his own worst enemy Coming up against a man who I don't, as far as what I've read about Orson Welles, uh, didn't really get so much in his own way as much as like the world got in his way. And they both Mm. failed just at completely different rates. And you see a man who's failing very quickly and a man who will begin to fail very slowly, but also equally as tragic, in my opinion. I think that's something that I feel like people kind of are overlooking if they don't want to get into the politics part of the movie, Mm -hmm. because I find all that like very interesting especially because both figures in history were both very gregarious interesting people mank was a court jester by all accounts and yes. by all interviews i ever watched orson wells is very you know he's a huge he's totemic figure he's a very big yeah. personality yeah. Can Man, how court, weak was yeah. that title card where it's like he wins the academy award and then it's <laughs> yes. just like mm-hmm. anyway mank died 11 years later from alcoholism he never did anything <laughs> with the rest <laughs> of his life and you're like oh <laughs> great cool. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean great. it's like one of those things where we one the things we've talked about a lot so far is like that ending and just like the weird shifts it takes from it like the sort of hokiness of him writing down oh i'm gonna mm-hmm. put this and Citizen Kane to them, <laughs> yes. to them him going outside and having that weird scene with Rita Alexander where they both like look into the sunset and then the Academy Awards saying of just like that sort of contrast it's sort of what it's playing with and I'm sort of I like the movie but I am sort of on Peter's wavelength of like I, I'm not sure what this is all doing or if it's working in concert or not but I find the individual aspects fascinating yeah, yeah, I mean, it's certainly a triumph, just the like everything about it, just the fact that it exists as 
a product, right? The fact that it it got made is something that should be celebrated, no doubt. Yeah, the um, the anachronistic thing that like there's like a weird sticking point with people uh, of like just like an offhanded reference to, like Universal monster movies, and I think it is just like all plays into the sort of like dreamlike quality and like how it's all flashback. And it's all from Meg's perspective. It's like he probably just like has details wrong or whatever. Like it's not, it's not a thing to like you know CinemaSense poke holes at and like get bogged down in the details that don't matter just because like you don't know how you feel about it. I guess. Um, and then like the Oldman thing, what I've compared it to uh, is the Irishman, which like that is using you know digital technology to make people look younger and people like have a lot of complaints about whether or not that works or not and then this is just uh gary oldman being an old person playing a younger like a quote-unquote young person (laughs) um and people like it doesn't work he's too old and it's like it works because i mean people don't like oldman which is like a different conversation but i think it works because the performance works and like he like you're saying uh david that he's like he's an alcoholic in the 30s who's like smoking you know probably like three packs a day or whatever like he's not gonna look like the greatest guy you know it's not gonna be ryan gosling (laughs) as uh, we've talked about previously um and and like and it's the same thing with irishman to me because like yeah, the digital de-aging like doesn't look incredible, but the performance is so good that you don't think it like I don't think about it. And like with Mank, it's the same thing where it's like I'm so on board with what Oldman is doing that I didn't even think about it until like in the movie they say like like it's like oh, you just turned 45 or whatever. And I'm like, oh weird. <laughs> like I didn't even know that like, it's like this is a movie about like some you know 70 year old man. <laughs> so now that we've broached the topic of the Gary Oldman casting. I'm going to ask everyone to put that casting out of their mind, and I'm going to ask the question that I've asked everyone, which is, should Zach Galifianakis have played Mink? <laughs> yes. I'm actually kind of into that. I've never considered that <laughs> God at all. Now that I've thought, like, I took a second, I'm like, that makes, well, obviously he looks like him, but then also I'm like, I could actually see him doing this weirdly enough. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hate that I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alec, Alec, yes or no on, on, on Zach G. I feel like I'm leaning towards yes. I like the idea, but I don't know. I feel like something else is missing. Just one thing from like making it perfect. <laughs> okay. Peter? Peter? I mean, uh, oh man, that, that is a hard question. Uh, like, I wish I knew more about you know, how the actual make looked and sounded. It, it is, yeah. it, it is certainly, um, like it, it is kind of maybe eye rolling's not the right word, but the fact that Gary Oldman kind of does like a couple of, uh, very obvious kind of like Oscar play biopics in a row. Like, I, I just, I've been trying to resist this entire time to do a whole um, Winston Churchill impersonation, you know? (laughs) Um, And so maybe Gary Oldman can do something that's not like a guy from the 40s. Maybe he could be 
shoot, I don't, I don't even know what, but like, sure, why not? Give the role to Zach Galifianakis <laughs> and let Gary Oldman take on a Zach Galifianakis role. Like Gary Oldman be in The Hangover Four. I guess that's what I was angling towards. Wait, you want a Freaky I mean, Friday, Zach Galifianakis and Gary yeah. Oldman? Yes, I want them to physically assume each other's lives. Yeah. What a different movie. G forces with Gary like, Oldman. Imagine Gary Oldman in like Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, oh yeah Gary God. Oldman's the lead of fucking Between Two Friends, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure all those go very well with Gary Oldman conducting those interviews. Yeah. And also, Zach Galifianakis has dreads in True Romance. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Anyway, is that what we have for Mank? Anyone else have any closing thoughts on Mank before we let you all go? want to get out on Mank? I, uh, I'll, I'll just quickly run down this uh, dumb project that I did. Well, oh, yes. uh, it, it's not even a real project. It's just a, a, a Google Drive document. But um, I sort of was thinking about this in comparison to The Aviator. And I just thought, like, well, almost, you know, all, all these Hollywood directors, like, gravitate towards doing a... Um, uh a hollywood uh, a hollywood retrospective movie in like their like second or third decade as a uh director so i just started charting how many years it took for all these different directors from their debut feature to do a movie about <laughs> hollywood and i found out that it's almost always between like 27 and 32 years um like David Fincher, 27 years. Uh, Coen Brothers is 32 years. That's if you ignore Barton Fink. That's yeah. if you use like Hail Caesar. Elliot Kazin, 31 years. Quentin Tarantino, 27 years. Curtis Hansen, 25 years. Robert Altman, 35 years. You know, and so on and so forth. Um, I, it, Giselle, it's though. not important at all. It's like, it's it's just a dumb little thought experiment it, I did. Maybe it, it would like look good in a chart. The connecting tissue here is that um, all these dudes become dad age, and instead of making oh, yeah. movies about oh, yeah. the Civil War, they're making movies <laughs> yeah. about the old Hollywood system. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very interesting. Uh, no, it's not. It's there's not nothing there. Yeah, it's got good bones. Yeah, I think I something some truth can be drawn out of it eventually, but it's in an embryonic state right now. Yeah, yeah. It's like I've had a similar thought semi recently of like when is the like the last time like a major director made a movie that was about like now because if you look at like P T paul thomas anderson when it, like punch drunk love is the last time he made a contemporary movie same with like scorsese same with like a lot of guys and and i sort of have that feeling of like the you just reach a point where you just can't like engage with what today yeah. is and you just sort, sort of have I mean, to make movies about old stuff <laughs> Paul Schrader first reformed? I guess, yeah. Yes, is, he's maybe not major, though. Yeah. Um, Steven we, Spielberg, Ready Player One. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's the modern era. <laughs> Guys, you're the forgetting that the now. Wachowskis made the documentary Jupiter Ascending. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. The great figure in history. Yes. <laughs> right. Or in recent history. <laughs> 
queen? She's a queen, right? She is a queen. She is the queen of literal earth. Yes, yes, our queen. She's a queen. Show some respect. She's a queen and she slays. Yes, yes, yes. She scrubs toilets. All in one. All right. Alec, do you have any last takes? Biggest disappointment, they didn't try to mankify the Netflix logo. and You know, good call. Missed opportunity. I know, just, like a real curly QN thing. Like, yeah, yeah that would have been. like the end come on, and then right before it fades away, like an extra slash comes down. And it cuts yeah. Off. Uh, my final thoughts on Mank. I think I think everyone should give this one. I think this movie is going to get reevaluated in like the next five yeah. years when everyone calms down and everyone can enjoy <laughs> movies again and aren't anxious about the future of movies or the future of <laughs> the planet earth. Uh, yeah. um, but I, I would say just, I would say everyone give it a rewatch when you give it a chance and like having like removed yourself from when it came out. That's, that's the best advice I give. I feel like a lot of movies mm-hmm. like this always tend to, People always go in expecting one thing and then when they get something else. And I'm not, this is not a criticism of anyone on this call or anyone in general. I just think that things like this tend to get reevaluated. Like, I'm pretty sure people weren't all about like uh, um, inherent vice when it came out. Like, that was pretty divisive. And now I've just been Mm -hmm. seeing like it be on like the best of the decade lists. Mm -hmm. So, like, everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think it's just give it some time, let it stew, let it bubble. I think people will come around to it. Yes. And with that, start plugs. Plugs. Yeah. Yep. Uh, first order. Uh, last talks. So I'll go first. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Samurai Flicks, uh, and you can find me uh, on my weekly podcast, the uh, A Place for Film, the official I Cinema podcast, where we just talk about movies. You gotta love them. <laughs> <laughs> now more Alec? than ever, Alec. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter and Letterbox. Just Almond. Just look it up that way. Great. A great follow, Peter and hey. Peter. Yeah, hey. Um, so I, I guess I'm also on like Letterboxed and Twitter, but like, who cares about <laughs> my opinions? No, no, no. I'm, I'm being too, too self-deprecating. No, I guess I, I think I'm Mantelord on, on Twitter or on a i don't know <laughs> I, I don't even know my own handles i'm so bad at yeah. plugging so the yeah. thing i Show am good at plugging we'll is you. i have a, a podcast called the superhuman samurai cyberpod where every episode we watch an episode of this really great 1994 um power rangers knockoff called the superhuman samurai cyber squad and on our latest episode we had one emilio diaz oh yeah <gasps> <laughs> it was a good episode. It was a fun time. Talk yeah, it was great. So I have, you guys should listen to that. I have got yeah, to listen Emilio to this. Emilio told me he did it and said, I'd rather be doing this every week than our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was wonderful. It was it was a wonderful time. Wonderful times all head around. So are we yeah. going to transition? Jesse, throw yeah, us to the next with, segment. Yep, with that, uh, when we come back, we will be joined by a wrecking crew to finish up yeah. the 12 guests of Mink Miss. <laughs> oh, damn. Complete the 12. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got to unite the 12. Is it unite? I'm so tired. I haven't slept a wink. I'm so All right. And we are back. We are joined by Sam Herbst, Anna Swanson, and Meg Shields. Hell yeah. Hello. 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 It's hype. 
the we're talking ten Mank through twelve still. for the twelve guests of Mankmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which of us is which number? Who's the twelfth? You know. Yeah. I guess Meg is the twelfth. She was the last to join. Sorry to drag. That is fair. So, ask your question. Yeah, hit the question. What does everyone think of Mank? I liked it. It's fine. It's a movie. It is a movie I watched. There we go. Wow. Okay. Um, Anna, since you liked it, do you have anything else to say about it? Um, oh my god. I mean, I feel like I'm manked out. Um, no, I really you, enjoyed sorry, it. I sorry, think... you what? <laughs> I'm manked, manked out. Up? Can you tell me what that means? <laughs> I'm all manked out. Um, okay. No, I'm not completely manked out. Um, I enjoy... <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, I thought, like, I mean, just like on a basic like filmmaking level the craft like it's fincher obviously good um i thought the performances were good um you know i was entertained i didn't look at my phone while watching it which is all i can ask for and you know the the structure of it and really just like the perspective on hollywood at the time it worked for me um i think it's fun as both something that is like semi very out of David Fincher's wheelhouse but also that has things in it that I'm that I really find like work with his career so yeah Mank you know it's it's a it's a movie that I watched in the year 2020 yeah what a concept it was was something to do (laughs) I'm not here to dispute that Mank colon it was something to do yeah (laughs) yeah uh yeah I I think I think I liked it more than I didn't like it. Um, yeah. Loved Amanda Seyfried saying that it blew her wig. Love when she so <laughs> loved nerds. most of the fun things that she said. Love when she said nerds. I would love like a nerds shirt. Um, I like don't have like a super strong opinion about like Gary Oldman being an old space man, uh, but like I do think his performance is like not my favorite thing about that movie by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, did not expect to like I don't know it's fine Charles Dance is good <laughs> I'm just like thinking about nice things to say about it it's well, you, can, you can say whatever you want yeah lay into it we're not in the pocket of Big Mank over here you can I call don't think out. the like, pocket of Big Mank it doesn't, it doesn't look great can we just say that wow. like, I don't oh, think it looks thank great thank you Sam I think it looks hideous hmm. like, it, looks like no, it looks so good and I like don't think that the Netflix streaming algorithm, like I watched it in about um, as like nice of conditions as possible for this Netflix streaming, and like I didn't think it looked great. Mm-hmm. I think that like the digital transfer is weird. I don't think the like the little like bleeps and bloops on there are charming. Oh, it's so good. I like. It, looks, it, I don't it, know. it literally has like the same visual standard as like a funnier die sketch. Like, <laughs> no. like, it's, like it's like a drunk history. Like version it's of Mank. very drunk history. Like, like yeah. it's like a feature-length drunk yeah. history of Mank told by Mank. That's but so but that sounds funnier than what Mank was. So I, I <laughs> think this all is of a the, bit, this is this is a better segue than we've gotten yet into the other question that I've no asked way. in every segment, which is take Gary Oldman out of your mind. This is not a comparative question. This isn't about whether or not you like Gary Oldman. Should Zach Galifianakis have played Mank? No. I don't think it would have saved the movie. 
I don't know if it's a better performance, it's a more interesting performance for us. Like, sure, why not? I don't think he's like I don't think he's good. I don't think that's a good performance. I mean, I people say that and I don't agree. I don't know what it is. I was completely won over. I don't he's know. So I think he's pretty floppy. good. I mean, he's like, he's Gary Oldman. Like, I think it's kind of the performance that you expect where it's just like, ah, yes, you are playing this role. Like, I'm not, you know, I think there's a, maybe like just because there's a certain artificiality of a lot of it, um, both like because it's, you know, very much about like Hollywood, um, but also just that a fair chunk of it is told through flashback through like a character who is in an alcoholic daze for most of the events of the film um, that I think there's like a little bit of a, I don't know, a superficiality that comes with it. Like, I think it's a fine performance for that. Like, maybe I'm not like, oh, like this is, you know, realism at its greatest form, but I don't think that's what the movie is. Like, I don't, I honestly, I, don't think I it's like, I'm not like give him an Oscar, but I'm not like, you know, this is bad. Like it's. You know, it, 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 it gets the job done until Amanda Seyfried shows up. Oh, yeah. Which is also how I describe life. God. Exactly. I don't know. I think it's the worst thing a movie can be, which is boring. I, like, really have a hard time with this. <laughs> oh, it's so... And, like, to, I be fair, to be fair to Mank, like, I, I don't really care about Hollywood drama and, like... I don't know. I found the kind of, like, it's like today kind of just, like, not not surprising enough to be interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, again, it's a movie. Like, I can't fault it. Like, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and, like, people perform in it, but it didn't do it for me. I think, to Meg's point, like, it resists the temptation, which I think is a plus of this movie, to not be, like, hinting at things that will come ahead in film mm-hmm. history like they could very easily have been like at That's least true. we won't all be watching vertical 10 minute videos or whatever uh and like at good for them for not making that show <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I would have liked to have seen them try to make like pre-50s hollywood people like say tiktok without saying tiktok yeah. like how they would back them up into that corner i think that'd be fun <laughs> Yeah, they cut out a bunch of references to Quibi. Amanda, oh, no. it's just instead of saying nerds in the first draft, she said Quibi. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's a very quaint film. And it's kind of, I don't know. I like, I understand why people like it, but I don't know. This is like, like, this is like melatonin on like, like, I don't know. So, I, I, I don't think it, any of the like studio lot shots yes, like they don't fill me with joy <laughs> yeah like no, like none time. of the exterior like hollywood lot stuff like fills me with joy it like looks so lifeless yeah so on the all the exterior like, shots look like bullshit like it, because it, mean, it, it looks so sorry. It, it, it <laughs> no, looked, listen. because it looks so flat and like difficult like there was one section i can't remember when it was because this whole movie was just the same thing over and over again um uh like to- like tonally there's like one moment i think it was when they were counting the votes where it was like a little stylish and like they were, Great they scene. were yeah they were doing Great. really interesting shit and like it felt it felt more I don't know. I, I thought that was what th- that the movie should have done that more. <laughs> Instead, it was it, it. I don't know. It felt very. It felt very TV movie to me. It felt like it felt like an FX drama. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, please. <laughs> I do wonder, and maybe someone said this already. We've been talking about Mank for so long. Whether people would like it more if we'd all seen it in a theater. I mean, 
It would have worked worse, no. <laughs> I don't know. I would hope it would have looked better. Would that have saved What's- Mank is my question. No, because the main performance is bad. <laughs> Mank is bad because Mank like- is bad. <laughs> I also think that there is just, like, that, like, Netflix thing where I don't know if it's, like, the cameras they use or they have some sort of guidelines or something they do in post, like, but there's just, like, even the best Netflix movie still kind of looks like a Netflix movie. Um, I agree. And when I say, and when I say the best Netflix movie, I'm speaking about The Irishman, of The course. Irishman. <laughs> still kind of oh, looks like a Netflix too. movie. Like, even, like, how good it is. It's great. I love it. I love The Irishman. But it still kind of has that thing where you watch it and you're just like, oh, this doesn't look the way that The Wolf of Wall Street does and it's got that like glossy half-assed shine on it yeah and i think the way you hide that is by being stylish like that one part in mink that the rest of mink was not like and they should have done that (laughs) it has that like devil all the time look where like devil all the time is this like dirty southern gothic (laughs) drama but it looks so fucking glossy that you're just like okay I'll Great. say one one nice thing about Mank, which is that I liked I liked the guy who played Orson Welles. I thought he was good. Tom, Tom Burke. Tom Burke. Yeah, yes. only God for this. Tom Burke. Great, great. <laughs> Wait, Meg, have you seen the souvenir? No. Best performance of last Gone. year. Okay, pa- so pause good. the podcast oh, so for good. ninety minutes. <laughs> so Tom, Tom Burke is my pick for the next Bond. Interesting. Wow. Can you do it as Orson Welles? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> anyway, I thought the Orson Welles performance was fun. I wish I could have seen more of it. See, yeah, this is the thing. People dunk on that also. It's also good. No, that I part's went to good. Stupid movie twice. <laughs> I know I tweeted this already. Sorry to promote my own tweets, but I thought Tuppence <laughs> Middle. <laughs> what are we here for? <laughs> yeah. But for that? exactly. Yeah. Catherine Waterston as Tuppence Middleton as Mrs. Mank <laughs> is a great performance. See, but yes. so this is something that we haven't really touched on yet. Like over these. What if Mank had a wife? You have a touch on that. She's great. I think her and Collins are both so good. Okay, so so from the people that enjoyed this film, I need you to tell me say more. Tell me why it's good. (laughs) This has now become the host selling Meg on Meg. Don't sell me on it. Just tell me. Tell me. Tell me why I'm wrong. (laughs) I appreciate. I appreciate your Mankness, but. No, <laughs> I'm leaving the Zoom. <laughs> yeah, let me be Mank. No, thank yeah, you. We're being Mank about this, but I don't know. I, <laughs> it, it's moment. a weird thing where I sort of agree with you on a lot of points, but I sort of liked it. Like I, like my letterbox review was like, it feels like the TV miniseries version of itself. It does feel a lot like TV, but it feels like a decent television show. I don't really know what to yeah. tell you. I'm sort of like sure. in the middle for and in, in the middle of it. I know Cullen likes it more. I mean, listen, this is a thing because it's like not super divisive it's just like super widespread uh, of everyone's <laughs> opinions on it um but i i find myself having like i get so worked up because i'm like it's good though everyone's wrong but it's like <laughs> fine <laughs> it's like mid-tier fincher i think and like i don't know where it'll place on my list or whatever for right whatever so i think that's why thing. i struggle with it because it's not bad enough for it to be interesting and it's not good enough to be compelling it's somewhere in the middle see, which is the worst place is, to be <laughs> i think it's like a very boring rebuttal to what you're saying but i would say on the second watch like knowing what it is going in because i felt myself at least like having to get on its wavelength a little bit that it's just so clippy it moves so fast the second time where i'm like oh we're already at this part this is great i'm just zooming through with make baby i also i will say so going to the like sort of like tv movie thing i do agree that it has that like look of like tv but i think like 
I guess I should explain, like, I have a, a testy relationship with television at best. I'm just not good at watching it unless it's like, it's, it's either got to be like trashy reality TV or The Sopranos. I can't really watch TV other than that. So for me, this kind of was like, oh, this is like, you know, maybe like TV-ish, but then it's done in like two hours. And I'm like, great. Like, yeah. okay. So what you're telling you know, me all- is that Mank is TV for movie people. That's sure. why it's good. Sure. Yeah, it's like something that I'm like, well, I also just think like, Meg, like knowing your taste, like, this isn't Uh a movie that that hits your like, sweet spot. Like, it's not a movie made for Meg. So like, I'm not surprised you dislike it. And it's just something where I'm like, like, I liked it, but it's not, I didn't like it enough that I'm gonna like, you know, try and argue for someone to believe it's good. Like, it's not a movie that like, I'm gonna like well this is like speaking of of meeting Sam it's not like a movie that I'm gonna accost someone over and argue against their opinion (laughs) I I guess I just like I I was watching it and I was like am I crazy and I like popped over to Letterboxd and like everyone had given it four stars and I was just like oh my god like uh, rut row <laughs> like what's happening here so I, don't, I, I feel like there's I lots of like, people that are like meh on it yeah. I mean I texted yeah. I texted you Anna like a half an hour through it and I was like this is a film uh, written by and narrated by Grandpa Simpson but I'm realizing now that that movie would be more interesting than Meg <laughs> Damn. Well, Mike, can I point out that there was another member of the Shields household who uh, really enjoyed oh, that's it? True. My my dog loved Mank. So if you have a dog and wow. you want to put something on in the background for them, just put on Mank. You know. <laughs> so how did you feel about Mank? My mom <laughs> loved Mank, by the way. Yeah, this is a this is a movie for moms and dogs and Anna. <laughs> my mom loved Mank. She was in the tank for Mank. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so let's file that one away in the, the mank bank. Yeah. What percentage would you like it more if people use mank as puns and jokes less? If hold on, what do you say that again? Like, like if we were making movie? fewer jokes about it? Yeah. yeah. If oh no, 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 no. Let, let me let me get let me get one thing straight. When I like you know scream out in anguish at a pun, that's a sign of approval. I think every mank pun <laughs> is much better than the film. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so cold. Yeah, I think like uh, there's definitely some people who like hate this movie. I don't and, like, hate even it. Are, I'm like, just refusing bored by to watch it. it. No, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, like just to uh, like I, I would say you aren't alone in like the dislike of it. Sure. Yes, I, I believe it, uh, one of our first guests, uh, William, said that it had hit the uh, letterbox bingo of having every rating on his yeah. page. I just think it's so inoffensive. There's nothing like in it to hate. I mean, yes. yeah, that's a good call. It's like so easy to watch. I think. I would I would argue that it is not easy to watch, but your point stands. <laughs> I mean, it's very yeah, easy I mean, to watch. Everyone has Netflix. You just hit play. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like yeah, not hard. So for just like three clicks to turn it on. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know how, um, Truly, it, I just turned on Netflix and it was like, you want to watch Mink? Is it Nicholas Rending Refn that is colorblind or something, and that's like why there's such vibrant whatever colors Probably. in his movies i can't remember and then I, i'm almost wondering if whoever filmed mank has like <laughs> the like, opposite like, like, well, <laughs> well it's just like maybe like contrast is off like like this is like this is a really ugly film and i i don't See, like and if someone tries to tell me that like it was replicating ugly film i don't want to hear it don't want to hear it <laughs> 
I think it looks good. <laughs> Same word. Yeah, I, mean, I think it like t- I think tell it me uses, about the like, beauty of Mank. <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's like not even a movie that I would say looks great, but I think like it definitely I didn't think it looked bad. And I think that he uses like the changing of lights in a very interesting way of like every time they cut away from like when he's dictating the script or whatever, they do like very interesting fade outs. And I think it looks good. And then to the point of it, it's maybe like a very boring rebuttal, but to like saying that, you know, Sam, you're saying that like the studio lots didn't like invigorate you at all or whatever. Um, I think that's like part of how sort of bland Fincher is looking at Hollywood and like how sort of drab it all is to him in like the sort of, cause I mean, we talked a little bit in a previous segment about how it's like, for Fincher, like a very uncynical look at what he would probably usually look at something very cynically. And I think that's where that comes through more is like the cynicism of like Hollywood being ugly. And that's why that section is like unexciting. Wait, you don't think think it's cynical as hell. I was going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm saying uh, (laughs) maybe like comparatively is what uh, we were saying. Like in a previous episode. Basically, he's saying saying that Hollywood is run by people who care about no one else, who will do whatever they can to leverage the will of anyone else at the cost of people's lives. Yeah, no, uh, I may have been. I think think what we've been saying, I think what was said by someone maybe one of us was that uh it is until the end at which it gets very cynical about mank it is not as cynical about the character of mank as you might expect it to be but see i would say it still is because i think like of the i think of the um the like election night scene where it's like yeah mank like ideologically disagrees with hearst and like he doesn't want to be there but he's there like he's still rubbing mm-hmm. shoulders with these people like i think the film is kind of cynical about what he's doing I yeah i think true. um i may have just been misspeaking uh it's like the 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 thing that Don't i let her bully uh, you cullen no please 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 <laughs> I, uh, I, the he's like make it more I just of like, yeah <laughs> actually well, no, yeah, fuck we this both movie. like it but maybe for different reasons which i think is no fun. yeah um the aspect of it that i find uncynical is more like uh like i guess like jesse is saying like how sympathetically fincher is looking at mank and like uh his sort of i find i mean it may be just like a very base opinion of like I fi- uh, he had a great like heart to him <laughs> and like the scenes where he's like talking to uh, Middleton about like uh, where he's like why do you put up with me and stuff I like I think it's very like sweet mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of that more so than like in his other work except for like Benjamin Button I yeah. think maybe the kind of answer to the question about does it just look ugly i think the answer is just it looks a very i wouldn't say it looks bad on purpose but it looks a very specific way on purpose that i think it is reasonable to call that way bad but it's also reasonable to say the way it looks is good i just think it I mean, look. Uh, Did you just like? Just looks looks weird. Weird. <laughs> I, I it looks weird. It looks weird. We don't feel neither here nor there on its look. 
I think it looks fine. Yeah. I think it occasionally looks good. I think it mostly looks sort of boring. I don't know. I can't. I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about why it looks the way it looks. I just sort of it sort looks of... like the default black and white option on like the iPhone six. Like it looks really Damn. bad. I think. Yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's intentional. There was that thing about how like the scene where Amanda Seyfried like takes the like phone out of that bench when they're outside or whatever that scene they talk yeah, about the how they like bench. shot that <laughs> the phone bench they like yeah. shot that's that during the daytime and edited it to look like night because that's yeah. like a thing you would do in the olden timey mm-hmm. days and like i get it but also it like is visually uninteresting and it doesn't well, feel like, like good pastiche <laughs> like it's 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 like they didn't push it far enough right like there was a lot of rear projection but all of it was kind of like so boring and dull and like almost like I don't know how to say it. Like, it's almost like they felt obligated to have it or it was an afterthought, yeah. which it probably wasn't, but that's just how it felt. That it just question. like, I don't know, it's boring. Can I, I just say quickly? Can... Yes. What? No, I was just going to say, like, having quickly watched, like, Experimenter and Tesla recently, which both, like, really lean into reprojection, that is, like, mm-hmm. genuinely riveting. Watching the reprojection in this, I was like, oh, they, again, they just felt obligated just to back well, up. Well, it was next, probably so. a green screen. Like, I mean, uh, which is fine, but, like, I don't know. It's it's just, like, all of the, like, you can tell what they're doing. Like, they're not trying to trick you into, like, the callbacks aren't meant to be subliminal or anything, but they're also kind of like a punch pull. Like, they're not... I don't know. There's there was something missing from them, and I can't it, put my finger on it. I think it's sort. Of, Lloyd, I sort of agree with you on that front. As a movie, as a person who thinks the movie looks fine, is that if I have any consistent problem with the movie, is that it's sort of doing a lot of things at like eighty percent, where it could, if, if it probably would have gone harder into like sort of replicating the black and white thing, it might have actually looked like great. If it sort of had more of a focus or lean in any sort of specific way, I more I might have enjoyed anything of what it's doing. It was sort of, if Mac was sort of more specific, and instead it's just sort of like doing a lot of things sort of fine to me. And I yeah, like in in the way that makes it accessible, right? Like I think it's a very safe film that does like it ticks the boxes and and you know goes to brunch. Like that's just. That's what it's doing. Anna, you had a question. Oh, I was going to ask. So if they had leaned harder into the, like, rear projection, like, if they had changed the aspect ratio, like, if they had really, really gone for the, like, making it look of the time, do you think you would have liked it more? Yes, I would yes. have. Absolutely. No question. Like, if, oh. if they, like, in the way that... Like, oh, here's a... Anna, I know you hate The Lighthouse. I don't know how Sam feels about it. I don't it. hate The Lighthouse. I just don't like it as much as you. No one does. <laughs> I like lighthouses as a utility, okay. and I also okay, like great, the movie. Great, great. So, like, imagine if The Lighthouse looked like Mank. <laughs> oh, then yeah, would, that would have been great. It'd be a bad film, but, like... but <laughs> it's. So, so I'm, I'm just saying, like... Oh, like, sorry, if, I thought if, you meant if, if Mank looked like The Lighthouse. Yes, no, I would no, have no. <laughs> Like, if you if you watched The Lighthouse and it had that, like, shitty digital black and white and it was just, like, in whatever fucking aspect ratio Netflix wanted, like, if it was just, like, dull, it would be a worse film. And yes, I, I don't know, I just, like... I think if Fincher's, like, I'm gonna make it look old, like, do that! <laughs> like, don't don't just, like do the drunk history like press one button to turn to 1940s film stock button on your after effects Ugh. i will say i got a good chuckle out of the uh fake cigarette burns 
No, they're bad. <laughs> it's yeah, not, they're it's bad. Fake cigarette burns. Are, <gasps> also, those are like the I like, worst. I like, like kind of half find measure. It fun that they like point out like there's a couple moments where they say like oh like there's a cue and then it hits the you know changeover cue where they say like bad. that's a cut. I think it's fun. I got a chuckle out of it. The typewriter, <laughs> the typewriter chirons also bad. Yes. So good. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're bad because they're like. I don't know. They think they're getting away with it, and and like they're I mean, not. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know if I buy that. I think it's just like he's having fun. Fincher yeah, like should have paused it during the first cigarette burn, and then like his face should have like leaned in. And he goes, "That's a cigarette burn," and then he should have no and then he should have explained what a cigarette burn. Is. Yeah, he's already done that. Yeah, I mean, that version of the movie is something. I mean, it's it's like. I guess I sort of just chalked it up like this is a movie made by like a 50 something year old dad and I'm like yeah. Yeah, that's, this is what it's vibe it'd be doing the corniest things possible like it ends on Mank going like and I'm gonna put this in Citizen Kane and I had a blast I laughed that's so dumb that's but it's not fun thing. yeah it's corny but it's not fun which makes it boring right yeah <laughs> I, I didn't. Think it, I did not expect to come here to rag on Mank so much, but clearly, no, no. I, I mean, I, this, uh, this, this is, is what the, the pandemic's done it. to me. <laughs> this is the best. Uh, I mean, I think I gave it three and a half. I like it more than I don't, but I'm I just bored. I thought you gave right? it three and a half. I was like, come on, Sam. I also <laughs> like it more than I don't. I think it. I think it gets fun sometimes, but then for every time it gets fun, it also starts to get a little boring. So it's like, eh, it kind of balances out to just like, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's just boring. I think most people are doing <laughs> better than decent work in it. Oh, see, yeah, I, there's like a lot about, of like supporting performances I think are really good. Like, yeah, have uh, we talked about Arliss Howard yet? Arliss Howard is really good. good. Yeah, I loved him. Yeah. He played, um, what's his face? Mayor, yeah, yeah, mayor, yeah. yeah. He, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Him and Orson Welles guy, yeah. they were the, they were doing the best. They're bad yes. in a hundred. Um, see, yeah, I like um, Ben Kingsley's son, who plays Thalberg, also very good. Oh, I also know very hot. Kingsley's son. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sorry, like, it must be um, said. <laughs> yeah, um, and then also uh, brother Mankiewicz, uh Pelfrey is the actor's name. Also very good. I thought that guy from Ozark. I, mean, I think it's like. Uh, a stacked supporting cast, pretty much. Bill Nye. Uh, or not stacked. Um, stacked. I would not say like in terms of name, just in terms of how good, uh, well I thought they did. I think that there are play- there are several that are very good, and then also several that don't really register. I mean, look. I would say none of the writers really register for me, outside of his brother and the execs, and Colin is already reacting to that. <laughs> I mean, Liz, I think it's, uh, it's another just, like, dumb uh, response to say I think that's the point, but, like, it's uh, I'm not here to change anyone's mind. I definitely wouldn't have turned down, like, an annotated bibliography <laughs> of the cast. It's, it's like yeah. that's sort of another aspect that made it feel PVE for me, where it was just like, sure, I guess is this is who he could hire. Uh, sure, I mean, it is interesting. Yeah, because I, I mean, think, I haven't seen my like, hunter. Again, it's like I don't think anybody in it is giving like a bad performance, except for like maybe arguably like old men. But I'm sort of, I'm sort of like, I don't think it's a bad performance. I don't think it's a bad performance. I think it's the worst performance. I think he just showed up and was like, time to be drunk, and like I don't know. <laughs> Like it's 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 only yeah. the worst performance because it's just like he's there, having a good time. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I wonder. It's a what boring it, movie, guys. It's boring. That's yeah. Please. I wonder no, if, I, if it had a bigger star at its center, if it would draw more. What attention. a bigger star than Gary? I uh, yeah. I mean, but it's like Gary Oldman is like weirdly. He's a person who won an Oscar for like putting on makeup and playing fucking a person whose name I can't even. I know remember. Gary Oldman. Like, yeah. like, he didn't not- win. He didn't win for doing that. He won because. He hadn't won. It was his time. It was his turn to win an Oscar. Because like everyone likes him and everything he's done before that. Yeah. No, it was just his turn. I like I don't think you should measure his career based off his Oscar winning performance. Who's the bigger star? I'm not. Yeah, who are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, Zach Galifianakis, obviously. Come on, Emilio, where are the answers? Rabbit's make is inherently more interesting. I know you turned that as a joke, but. I'm, yeah, I'm like, it's like, you could have done anybody. Like, people here didn't, have been like. Did we say right? Tom Hardy earlier? Yeah, that but, was and I said Tom Hardy isn't a bigger star than Gary Oldman, though. No, he That's isn't. True. I think Gary Oldman guess, is a safe bet. Like, I think they hired him because they were like, we want to make a safe TV movie because that's basically what it is. It's on Netflix. I don't know why we were saying it was. It wasn't a TV movie. That's what it is. <laughs> it is a movie I saw on my TV. Yeah. 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 What are we doing here? Um, I guess I, instead of bigger star, what I meant to say is be like so, uh, like a handsome movie star is I guess what I meant to say. Not that anybody wow. has a bigger profile. Instead of being Emilio, like, have you Googled what this man looked like in real life? I know that's what he looked like. The fucking I mean, 1940s. And they did like him favors by getting white. old. They whatever the fuck they wanted. Put Ryan Gosling in a fat is that what you're saying? Amelia wants Noah Centineo as Mank. I love this thing that Mank would be better if Mank was a hunk. Yeah, if Mank was hot, we'd all be Himbo Mank. Yeah. Is the age discourse, like, even interesting, though? Like, the fact that those two characters are the same age? Like, is that even interesting to talk about? I mean, he looks like shit and Mank looks like shit when he's at that age. It's like, I don't really... I don't care. It's a movie. Does it change... Does it change the dynamic for anyone? Because, like, the scene where they're, like, shooting outside where they have, like, the big tracking shot or whatever, like, feels, like, so paternal when he's talking to her and, like, knowing that they're the same age, like, I don't know. Like, I think that's more interesting than being contemporaries, not that, like... I mean, they still were whether or not they look it, but, like, I don't know. Again, it just feels inherently less interesting what I saw versus, like, what it could have been. No, just I'm, a less I'm, interesting film. That's just how it I'm is. I'm tripling down. It should be Hot Mank. It should have been Tom Holland. It should have been just like a Tom Holland. Tom Holland in his in yeah. his current yeah. war, yeah. like <laughs> they should have got that kid who played the the nerd in it, the new one, whatever the nervous child, whatever his name was, the kid from Shazam. <laughs> I, yes, the kid from Beautiful <laughs> Boy, young Timothy Chalamet from Beautiful Boy. You know Did what? Not Timothy see. Chalamet should be Mank. <laughs> yeah, Chalamet. Chalamet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chalamet. <laughs> I would have given him something to do between <laughs> waiting for you know, waiting for Dune to come out. Listen. That'd be insane if it were Tom Holland. <laughs> He's so cool. It should have been Jacob Tremblay. Yeah, I'm totally down. <laughs> Everybody in the cast would have been under. Yeah, they just Baby like Mank. Every, every flashback, we should have gotten a new Mank, like that um, like that movie about oh, Bob Dylan. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I mean, was, yeah, I'm not Any Mank. way in which they emulated that movie would have made it better. <laughs> I'm not I'm Mank. Not Mank. <laughs> 
Sam said that. I can't. Yeah, that that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that laugh is for me. Oh, you can this is just it. like Mank. Guys, yeah. this, is <laughs> this is just like Mank. I haven't said this, but my um, I changed my screen preferences for Zoom to be black and white, so I felt like we were Mank oh, while we were recording this. Oh, oh, Wait, I'm gonna become the Joker. Just give me a second. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say. Ah, uh... uh, damn! I like clearly like deleted Zoom after I downloaded the Joker, Joker scare background. <laughs> I was gonna change my background to the Joker stairs, but what if, what if like? Mank and the Joker. This is, they're both. No, 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 no. They're both characters. Who <laughs> no, no, no. Let's pursue this. No, I don't want to. Phoenix was I'll tell you what. I'd rather watch the Joker again than Mank again. That's my. That's insane. Uh, no, That's I 100 agree with you don't that. Have to do either. I and I, and I won't. Here's a question. <laughs> What if Hillbilly Elegy didn't exist and Glenn Close played Mank? Would she still be an Oscar contention? She would. I wish. She would have better chances. She would have been. Good she would win. Mank with a W. She <laughs> would definitely win, right? <laughs> Sorry, no Mank way. with a W is wank. Which is like... I meant in, in, after the A. She's oh. like mom on the movie. Yeah. When is the 12 Days of Mama, by the way, for this podcast? (laughs) Is that what her name is in Hillbillyology? Yeah. 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 Also, you mentioned it earlier, Sam, but I forgot to say next week we are doing the 13 guests of Devil all the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do Hillbillyology after that and say which of us is which Terminator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude. I'm gonna learn how to do a flawless southern accent for next week. <laughs> that yeah. Frida Pinto character, once I found out that she clerked for Justice Kavanaugh, I was like, this movie can go fuck itself. Oh my god. I have not seen the elegy. Oh, dude. <laughs> I value I my time. I will not I'm be seeing that to make twice. Jeez. <laughs> it's wild. It's ba- I mean, obviously it's bad, but like. It's more interesting than Mank. I'll say that. That's not, I can't believe that. It's not better than Mank, but it is more Welcome inherently interesting. I guess so, yeah. Better than more Mank interesting than Mank. I, I struggle to believe that the man who made the Da Vinci Code could make a more interesting movie than Mank. I mean, far and away well. rules. Far Only one way to find good. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ron Howard's make. Now do we like that better? Ron Howard's make starring Glenn Close. <laughs> God, what a cursed sentence. <laughs> she's ready. She's got, like... she's got a mank in her. She's uh, ready. Andy, Andy is uh, listening. We didn't let him talk because oh, we would have had we would have had to clap again if you were going to talk. But uh, he's <laughs> let us know in the chat that. Uh, Chris Hemsworth would be the star of Ron Howard's Mink. Better him that might, be, might be fine. Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> Call me. I'm sure. I'm just saying, take Mank and push all the sliders towards hot, and it's a better movie. All movies should be hot. That is my take, and I'm gonna stand by it because I was questioned. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I mean, push the other way. I'm gonna say they should have made him more disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, burn Gorman and Mank. That's the new castle freak. <laughs> no, it's not. God, oh God. 
Well, I can't help but think that we've gone off the rails. What are you talking um, about? <laughs> does anyone have any final make takes they'd like to get out before we let you go? No, I've said everything I want to say. <laughs> I, I just think the most damning thing I can say about this movie is I don't have a single additional thing to say about it. It's really boring. Like, it's a boring Maybe give film. it another shot, I'd say. <laughs> I, I will not be doing that. No. It's a my easy, dog might. Two I might hours. put her on again for my dog. <laughs> yeah, sure. Ruby says five stars. Ruby says five stars. <laughs> yeah, what if that eventually become the only way she'll calm down and you just have to play Mank? if I have to show her Mank? Oh yeah, my god. You have to play Mank at your house 24-7. I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah, if Netflix, if Netflix releases any data about how many people have watched Mank and it's some insane number, it's because I've had it on a loop for my dog. <laughs> Anna, any last things to say about Mank? I enjoyed it, but I, I not enough to fight about it. Um, I'll probably watch <laughs> it again yeah. at some point one day, but you know, I'll I'll rewatch plenty of other Finchers first. A Great. glowing review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would anyone like to plug anything? I mean, we'll start from yeah, just go from the top. Plug yourselves. I've got Who's the I top? Mean, <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, I, is it different for me? Yes. Yeah. Sam. Sorry, sorry. Sam, yeah, sorry. I don't have anything to plug. Um, you have a Twitter account. I said this before. Account. Yeah, I'm not even going to plug that. People can find Bully me, but I will out. say, I will say before this, we discussed the possibility of a remake of the movie Ma with Nicole Kidman, and it would be called Mank, but it would be Ma, comma, NK. And that's what I'll plug. Yep. If any producers are out there, that that literally hurt me to hear. I, you weren't here for that. That was pre you joining, and I only said it because I knew that it would take a year off your life. Oh, thank you, Meg. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, sure. Um, I'm at the worst nun on Twitter, and I write things for Film School Rejects. And if you see anything crazy on One Perfect Shot, that was me, baby. Yeah, get excited to see a lot of mank shots in that account. <laughs> no, no, it is no, crazy no. how I can instantly I identify an article that you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna say it is crazy that I can instantly identify on the timeline an article from FSR that either of the two of you wrote. Because it's always I mean, just like, it's either just like weird horror or horny or both. Oh, God. <laughs> and tell me I'm wrong. Change my mind. Our legacy, Anna. Oh, boy. Hey, listen. There's a value in having a brand. Anna, yeah. do you have anything you would like to plug? Um, yes, I am on Twitter, Anna Swanson. I also write things for Film School Rejects often. Um, yeah, I'm around. She's <laughs> around. What else can we say? Yeah, Jesse and that Yeah, we'll go into uh, our plugs. See ya. What a wonderful episode. We did it, folks. <laughs> it's the merriest Mankmas I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I can't Thank believe you. that person said that one thing. <laughs> Thank you so much to our 12 <laughs> guests of Mankmas. Thank you to all the guests. <laughs> yes, exactly. 12 on the yeah, dot. <laughs> a dozen. Count them. Yep.
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you also to all of the yes who we've had on throughout the year. Uh, we've really appreciated it. Uh, yeah. You can find us on Twitter at Can I Kick It. You can find us on Letterboxd at C I K I Pod. You can find me on either of those platforms at JP Glick not Weber. One up Weber more, has not two one up more, not one less. Last week I prophesized that I was going to plug How To with John Wilson. I watched one episode. Uh, real uh aggro vibe on that uh not sure i can recommend it wow <laughs> a stunning reversal from jesse yeah yep. uh are you done yep great <laughs> um, i'm andy uh you can find me online at andy t germ on twitter and letterbox etc etc uh i i plugged i'm gonna fin- i finished uh the good lord bird uh, the Showtime original series starring Ethan Hawke as John Brown this week, and I thought it was quite good, so I do recommend seeking that out. Kellen? Uh, yeah. I'm Cladgley on everything, um, and guest from today's episode, uh, Jack Reed, had me on his podcast to talk about Not Fade Away, which I think he he told me to watch on the first episode he was on. Um so a nice little full circle thing, uh, and that came out on Tuesday. If, when you're listening to this, uh, this was last Tuesday, or no? If this come this comes out on Friday, it was the Tuesday before t- today. <laughs> um, it's a great episode. I uh, I do a great job on it. Not to toot my on own the horn. podcast named Ain't Debuts. Ain't Debuts. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, For real. And then just to clear something up from the beginning of the episode, Andy and I have squashed the beef that came up about halfway through. Um, <laughs> we're recording this a little bit after we did the other segment, so uh, the beef has been squashed, just to make that clear. <laughs> Emilio? Um, you can find me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone, and you can follow me on Letterboxd at I Laugh Alone. I have nothing to plug. I thought about plugging Tenet, inspired by Cullen's fumbling of time, but uh, not really. I, I nailed it. <laughs> Cullen did nail it. That is true. Our theme song? Our theme song is by Tree Related. Uh, you can find them at soundcloud.com slash tree related or search tree related on Spotify. And with that, the 12 yep, guests of Mankmas. The 12 guests of Mankmas. Mankmas to all. They and to all a good night. Mankmas, my true love gave to me. And now we can release our audience. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Mankmas to all. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.